I, I believe more of the stuff going on in the Avengers than I do in Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Here, like, they got they got cars flying through buildings. Like yeah. I seen like Ludacris and Tyrese look like they're about to break that stratosphere and go to space. Like yes. oh, it's time, man. It's time to do this, man. Get this shit out of here, man. Yo, what's good? It's your boy South Reef 706. This is episode 48 of KTSC Avenue. We don't do nothing, we just kick it. Uh, you got your host, myself, per usual, and uh, Mark Sniffles. What's going on? Ain't nothing. Just chilling. Trying to try to make it through the days. <laughs> trying to make it through the days, man. That, yeah, same. Just trying to, you know, got my second vaccination. <clears throat> I was feeling a little sick-ish Saturday morning. This recording this Sunday. Nice. But... Outside of that, I took a couple of Advil. That's pretty fine. It wasn't as horrific as people made the second shot seem. So if you're skeptical about getting the vaccination, definitely uh, get it because I'm not dead. So shout you out got, to uh, Moderna. The Pfizer one. Oh, you got Moderna. Huh? I got Moderna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got I got Moderna on deck in I think maybe two weeks. I kind of lost track. Of it. I know it's on my phone, but I haven't. Honestly, I forgot about it. Like I forgot that I have to get a second shot and. I mean, we'll see. Things are slowly getting back to normal. Like I was watching the Heat game today, and they had a quite a few fans in the in the arena. And I know the NFL is talking about like opening every stadium like full capacity. So, yeah, get yeah. Vaccinated. In in the state that I currently reside in, they have gone back to like a hundred percent, like full everything. I mean, to be fair, this this area has not really locked down like other states. Uh, Kind of like Florida and Atlanta, people still kind of been showing up and you know carrying out the normal activities. So uh-huh. I'm curious to see how the numbers are. But again, I guess as more people get vaccinated, uh, the less risk is there for you know cases to go up. So it's it's good. Shout out to the business owners and just getting back to a little bit more normalcy. But again, there are still the the people out here that are you know doing cocaine off strippers, but refuse to take a virus because they're worried about what's inside of it. So. You know what I'm saying shout out to those people. It's funny that people don't people don't really believe in the in corona and you know they don't believe in vaccines and stuff, but the, you know you know who does believe in it? These mass shooters, because they've been inside this past year because of COVID. They're okay. like, nah, I'm not catching COVID. <laughs> Let me get my vaccine so I can get back to business. I'm like, God damn, man, what is wrong with y'all? Yeah, so that that was on the list, but I guess we'll start there. So we don't have to start there. But. Yeah, we're gonna start there. So it, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like I saw a tweet that referenced this, but like COVID nineteen pretty much saved the nation from mass shootings because as COVID is starting to go away, shootings have gone up. Like I believe what yesterday there was an active shooting in Texas. Uh, I, on the list I have, there's a shooting in Kenosha, Washington. There's the FedEx shooting. There is apparently a shooting in Omaha, Nebraska. You have the police shootings. Uh, you have the 13-year-old boy. This The video is released of him being shot unarmed. Nope. It's just like, yo, like, nope. what is going on? I like, I get it. I, like, I get it with some of these things. Like, I get why they're putting these videos out, and I get why they're kind of pushing it to kind of get it in our face to watch. But I, I cannot. I I'd get as many details about it as I can, but I don't need to watch no 13-year-old kid get shot down, man. 
No, I don't understand that either. So the the FedEx mass shooter I'm looking at Twitter right now, according to New York Post, he was obsessed with My Little Pony. If you don't know what this gentleman <laughs> looks like, he looks like the type of person that might be obsessed with My Little Pony. I'm not going to lie. He looks like a 12-year-old white kid, to, to be honest. like He doesn't look like he'd shoot up a place. But then he also looks like he'd shoot up a place at the same time, if that makes sense. So He looks exactly like you think he would look like. It's, I mean, like, why are they putting that stuff out though? Because then it's like, if you're, because there's a name for it. There's a name for people that are obsessed with my little. I think they're called bronies. I think they're yes, called bronies. Yeah. So if you're like, if you're a brony, now all of a sudden you got this late, you got this hanging over your head, like you can't, like you're on Tinder swiping right, and she's like, oh, what do you went to? Oh, I'm a brony. Oh, you you shoot people now? Like now you can't get no cheeks. Because they think you a mass shooter now. Like, come on, man. Why put that out there? That's, that's unfair to the bronies. Shout out to the homie uh, Corlisa, who also has a uh, affection for My Little Ponies. But I, I would be willing to bet that she's not a mass shooter. But shout out to her. But now they're saying that this group <laughs> has a history of, like, extremist tendencies. Oh, what? Um, oh, my God. Yeah, brony online culture displayed elements of far-right and white nationalist extremism, <laughs> the memo stated. so. Yikes. So, I mean, unless you're on, like, uh, FarmersOnly.com or MAGAOnly.com or Parlor, that, that could get you some sheets if you say you're a brony. So, I mean, depending on what circles you are, being a, a brony might be viewed as a, a good thing. But, yeah, it's 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 been crazy, man. Like, some of these shootings I didn't even know happened until I just randomly Googled shootings. And it's very sad that, again, as this... <sighs> this nation, the land of the, the the home of the free, the land of the brave, whatever they want to say, whatever's in that song that people don't like anymore. And it's like, yeah, it's the 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 home of the the free or the brave to get gunned down, going to the Waffle House or going to the movies or going to the grocery store or going to the FedEx to collect your package. So, shout what out to all the countries that don't have mass shootings almost like every other day. This is what we do, though. Like. When it comes to like education, America is not really that great. When it comes to like math, we're not really that great. When it comes to like healthcare and equal pay and basic rights, we're not that great on all those things. When it comes to mass shootings, boy, we are fucking Bill Russell at this bitch, man. We we're going to the finals every year and winning it. Like we are number one, number two, number three, and number four. You are not stopping America when it comes to mass shootings. We are the best. We are the GOAT. There is no competition. And it's just, it is funny to see people like like politicians and uh, representatives and mayors and whoever poli- and celebrities ask, like, how do we solve this problem of mass shootings? How, is, how do we end mass shooting? How do we end gun violence? And it's like, you know, we're the only, like, first, like, first, like, regular country, civilized country that has this problem. Like, no other country has this problem. Why don't you just go ask them? Go over to Australia and ask them how they deal with the world. Australia, you know what? To be frank, they, Australia, should, have they should have all the guns <laughs> with the stuff that they have going on over there. I wouldn't be surprised if Australia was like, hey, man, we need more guns over here because there's a spider the size of my door outside. I need an AK-47. If they're like, And if the government's like, yeah, you can have that gun because kangaroos out there will kill you. Australia is just Florida times 10, minus the meth. Yeah, I saw there's somebody on Twitter that's talking about this year's mass shootings. They got a, a montage of 
they pretty much found all the black and brown people that were in mass shootings. And they were saying like, we're, weren't we all taught to believe that it's always crazy white men. Let me click on his profile. Oh, Joined God. in March, 2021. So yep. I already, <laughs> already know what this is about, but anywho, yeah, he's some uh, oh, fragile man. white man who is offended that white people who most mm-hmm. likely are going to be categorized as mass shooters are, you know, whatever. He wants equal rights and everything. <laughs> everything except mass shootings but yeah man just uh be safe i saw the dude at the grocery store not the grocery store a gas station carrying a pistol then like i said i live in the open state an open carry state and like at first it was kind of weird but it's like you know what we should probably normalize like black people not feeling afraid or having the right to exercise their second amendment rights in public and not feel strange now i personally would not ever open carry a weapon just because I just like, nah, I'm not, I'm nah, I don't want those kind of problems. Even if I'm within the rights, I don't even want the, the probability of being questioned or harassed or hemmed up for having a pistol on me, but shout out to him. Maybe one day I'll be at that level where I'm confident enough to, you know, carry the strap in public. But I also try not to go to places where I feel like I need to carry a pistol in public, if that makes sense. And I feel like that gas station didn't meet that criteria. Yeah. Now the other one I used to go to definitely meets that criteria, but <laughs> this one not not so much. So yeah. Yeah. If I if I walk into your restaurant and I see a man with an uh assault rifle strapped to his back, I'm leaving. I'm not eating there. I don't care. Like I don't care what it is. I'm not I'm not sitting just enjoying a meal with my family while this man has a, a right assault rifle on his back or just carrying it. Like I, I'm not doing it. Like that. I don't know what I don't know what's going through that guy's head. I don't know what he's dealing with. I don't know what kind of problems or issues he has. I don't know how his day is going. And you just want me to sit here and enjoy my meal and feel safe because he's a good guy with a gun. Nah, dog. I don't know you. I'm. We are leaving. We are leaving that establishment. I will take my money elsewhere. That does not allow that. Facts. Well, tra- transitioning from mass shooters to sharpshooters, uh, Kevin Durant, who is now currently uh, apparently injured again, uh, he uh, got into with uh, Uncle Shannon Sharp on Twitter the other day because I-, I guess uh, Shannon Sharp was tweeting out some fake news. Like, what's what's the deal with that? No, he got on TV with it. Oh, he was talking about it on TV. He, he quoted the fake news to TV. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel bad for uh, Shannon Sharp because he, he's, I believe he's, he's like 50 years old and he didn't grow up on the internet. So there, there's a lot of things that you can see on Twitter and on the internet that you think are real that are just completely and 100% false. Like there's a fake Adam Schefter. Like you're going to see it come in about two weeks, come draft time. When the draft happens, the NFL draft, there's a fake Adam Schefter. He's going to tweet something that a trade happened or, you know, whatever happened. And people are going to retweet it like crazy, not knowing that it's fake. And fake news is going to spread a lot faster than the actual real thing. So I get that that happened to him, but he also has to be accountable for his actions. Like you are uh, one of the bigger names on your network. Like, I don't watch the show, so I don't know if he did this or not, but did you did you go on your show and apologize for like, hey, what I said the other day was fake or it was false or it was a made up quote, like, or did you just brush it off? Just like, well, whatever. I'm not even going to address this. Like, or you're, you're, you're just, supposed or to did you just block Kevin Durant. No, he <laughs> like, did block Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, like, or you just go block the guy when, when you were clearly in the wrong, 
it looks childish on his part. And he's just like, well, he he need, he did the the age old trick that Skip Bayless used to do with like uh with anybody any when any celebrity any athlete would go back and forth on him on Twitter. He's like, well, why don't you come on my show and debate me? Like, no, I'm not going to your show. I'm not boosting your ratings for you to try to make me look bad. And, and I don't think Kevin Durant would have looked bad in that situation because he was right. But no, I'm not going to your plat. Kevin Durant has a podcast network, TV shows, like YouTube channel. Like he doesn't need your platform to get out there to say what he wants to say. And no athlete actually, there's no reason for any athlete to go on any regular network TV show to defend themselves for anything. You don't need to go to Sports Center. You don't need to talk to Skip Bayless or anybody. You can go to um, the, the I Am Athlete people. You can go to who's the other one? There's some other guy, uh, Derek Jeter's thing. What's that? What's that shit called? Uh, whenever NBA Af- NBA players announce a free agency, uh, oh, the uh, Players, Players Tribune. Tribune, Players Tribune. You can go to that. There's plenty of routes you can go to. There's no reason for you to like back in the day. You were forced to go on Sports Center and talk to Trey Wingo about your issues. You know, you had to talk to Rachel Nichols about your bad games. Now you you give them the cliche answers or whatever, but when it comes to something real, you can go. JJ Reddick has a podcast. You can go talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Arian Foster used to have a podcast. You could talk to him. Go to you can go to. There's plenty of places you can go to get your unfiltered message out there. And Shannon Sharp just has to take that L. He needs to take it, accept it, and move on. But like you look childish when you block Kevin Durant when he is clearly like he Kevin Durant is trolling him a bit, but like. If I'm Kevin Durant, I'd feel a way too. You went on TV and told millions of people to lie on me. I'm going to call you out. This wasn't a thing back in the day. Now it's new. Yeah. I mean, even if, if, if you know, Kevin Durant is called sensitive because of his burners accounts, whatever, he's still one of the shit top five NBA players, top three, if not injured, top one, if not injured. And actually, shout out to Kevin Durant for being a. Uh, an early adapter to cryptocurrency. So uh, he invested at Coinbase Global uh, before went public this week. And they said that he made, let's see, $53 million on a $1 million investment in 2017. He also invested in Postmates before Uber bought it. So let me say what you want uh, about his trolling or him being sensitive, but he's collecting the bag in multiple ways. And I always respect a black king that can collect the bag. So Shout out to him. But yeah, the more of the story, accountability, man. If you're an adult and you make a mistake, say you're wrong, move on. Don't don't be don't, don't be a clown. Double down but, on it. Just take the L. And and I think it's I know me and um Gary on Twitter were talking about it, and he's just like he's I don't want to say he's like anti Kevin Durant, but he's just like, you know, Kevin Durant is a clown because he has burner accounts. And I agree with that. It's pretty clown behavior to be a grown man making that type of money. And uh, you feel the need to – and Kevin Durant reads everything on Twitter. He reads everything, you know. And to have a burner account responding to people trying to defend yourself, that is clown behavior. But also, Kevin Durant is right to call out Shannon Sharp for spewing fake news, like legitimate fake news. So it, it, it might be a case of, you know, right message, wrong messenger type deal but i think this is good this is what we need we need this type of balance in sports media and sports coverage and in coverage in anything 
Let these let these guys get out here and speak their truth, especially if they're being lied on. Hold these people accountable. And that is exactly what he did. Uh, KJ put that he controlled and dropped 30 limit hit. The day that Kevin Durant was trolling Kevin, or the day that Kevin Durant was trolling Shannon Sharp, he had a game that day and dropped 30 in a win. Like he can he can do whatever he wants. He can troll you all day. But on the court, you cannot stop him either. Like he is the cheat code. There's only one Kevin Durant. Facts. Yeah, shout out to KJ Dallas Kid and Jeff Queen in the chat. Let me send out the sling. More people in the chat. But speaking of the links and speaking of him being a Twitter troll, I real quick, I want to talk about this last week really quickly, but I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I tweeted out like a week or two or so ago. Like Twitter is starting to get a little bit ridiculous with their ads, right? At first, it'd be an ad here, an ad there, but like I'm scrolling through Twitter right now. Scroll USA Bank, uh, USA Bank ad blocked. Cool. Stroll, stroll, capital. Stroll, stroll, stroll. Okay, maybe Twitter's listening to me now, but I have 30 ad apps ads blocked right now. Like What's I block that? more ads than I block people these days, and it's really starting to frustrate me that, like, I don't want any of these products. Like, at least you're gonna try to sell me something, sell me something I want to buy. Like, it's it's getting a, a bit out of hand. Twitter, if you're listening to this, uh, please please get your shit together. Oh, right, here we it's go. Not- True TV, Big Trick Energy, blocked. I don't care. It's Stunt not magician. Really- I don't care. It's not even like the those types of tweets, like the advertisements. It's the promoted tweets. Like I hate there those. Like, As the promoted tweets, I hate promoted tweets. Like I keep seeing the the Warriors on NBC S. They keep showing sports highlights from like two days ago from of Steph Curry shooting a three over Matthew Dellavedova. Like that happened three days ago, and it's it's getting worse. I think it's it's. I don't know. You're not you're not on Instagram like that, but it's way worse on Instagram. Instagram is turning into Amazon, where it's just like. You scroll through two things and now you're getting an ad to like get you to buy something, to sell you something. And to be fair to Instagram, they have gotten me like five times. I've been on Instagram scrolling and I'll see something. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I have the little shop now button. They'll take me to the store and I'll buy it. So now, now they got me. Like everything that they promote to me, I'm, I'm asking myself, like I'm trying to talk myself out of buying things. But Instagram is turning into it's turning into Amazon, and now, like if you open up Instagram right now, it's going to show you a post from two days ago. I don't want to see what happened two days ago. I want to see what's happening now. It's annoying. Yes. Pronamel US blocked. <laughs> like, I could I could safely say I've never bought anything off of Twitter. Like they've never not off Twitter. Coerced me into buying a a single thing. So please. So please stop. So you guys that are out here marketing and promoting, it's not Twitter's not the place to do this, my guy. I'm, I'm here for the jokes. I'm here for the videos. I'm not here to buy shit. <laughs> KJ said capitalism got marks in the headlock. Oh yeah. Head. Oh look, hey, like I just opened up Twitter. They're showing me the first post that I got is from Bleacher Report. It's from two hours ago. I scroll down. The next post is a Nike sponsored ad. They're trying to sell me Nikes, black Nikes. Like it's crazy. And now they're showing me highlights from two hours ago. Two hours ago. Ooh. I don't know if y'all can hear that. Uh now they're now they're marketing Mother's Day stuff, another commercial. Like 
Instagram comes with commercials now. That's exact, this is what it is. But like, but I'm going to like they're going to something is going to pop up on my feed about Mother's Day, and I'm gonna be like, you know what? That's a good gift. I should get that. They're going to get me. Like I can't like they got me. They sell good stuff on Instagram, but I don't want to see post like it's worse during like sports seasons because now you're you feel like you're behind. But it's like they keep they keep messing up the algorithm. I wish there was a way that they could just change it to just chronological order. Just show me what is happening right now. If I if I want to see what happened two hours ago, let me just scroll back two hours ago. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it's uh it's it's very, very, very annoying. Equally annoying on Twitter are these bozos that have tricked themselves into believing that Julian Edelman. Oh no. And we That's talked about this on the report. But I, I just want to bring this back up that Julian Edelman not should be, not could be, but deserves to be in the NFL sure. Hall of Fame due to his receiving stats. So let's let's go through his regular season stats. He has 620 receptions, 6,822 yards, 36 touchdowns, 11 yards per reception with a log of 77 yards. That's great. Cool. This is the ultimate display of white privilege. All right. So let's look at some other stats from other characters. Well, this is what happens when you play in Boston, also. Because where's where's ESPN that located near the Northeast? Like well, it's propaganda. It, it is, but it's also lazy journalism and lazy content creating. Because I, I just looked it up on Twitter. And this oh here it goes KJ. I forgot he's a, a Patriots fan. Embarrassing. But, yeah, it embarrassing. is embarrassing. You're a black man. Got, Respect yeah. yourself. You got a clan hood on right now. <laughs> but like I just Googled it and there's mad like pages and Twitter sports pages and just large publications just talking about this idea. It's like just hire some better creatives, man. Like don't recycle a terrible narrative that should not even be discussed. Because you have players like Brandon Marshall, Heinz Ward. And Roddy White, who have godly stats compared to this guy. Like, for example, Brandon Marshall. He had 970 receptions, 12,351 yards, 83 touchdowns, 12 yard, 12.7 yards per reception, and a long of 75 yards. You got guys like Heinz Wards, who has 1,000 receptions, 12,083 yards, 85 touchdowns, average over 12 yards per catch with 85 yards, 85 yards, 85. Damn, I can't talk. 85-yard long touchdown reception. And then you have Roddy White, who has 808 receptions, 10,863 yards, 63 touchdowns, over 13 yards for reception with a log of 90 yards. And you mean to tell me now we're going to champion for a gerbil-looking white man because he played for the Patriots and won an MVP? Like, no, dog. One MVP. One, come on, man. Like, I mean, Chad Johnson – if you watch Chad Johnson play, you could tell like he was Chad Johnson would be one of the greatest receivers of all time if he didn't play in Cincinnati. And his stats kill Julian Edelman's, but Chad Johnson was super talented. I feel like he was he he was one of the better route runners in his time, a deep threat, had great hands, but he played for the Bengals and like you put Chad Johnson, you put Chad Johnson on the Patriots 
and you put Julian Edelman on those Bengals. I mean, he was on the Patriots for, for for a second in his prime. In his prime, okay. <laughs> for, like let, let Chad Johnson have his entire career with Tom Brady, and let Julian Edelman have his higher, entire career in Cincinnati, and see if people are still talking about this because Chad Johnson, like football, is the ultimate team game. Chad Johnson can only do so much. He can't one one receiver isn't going to lead you into the playoffs like Megatron. He couldn't do it. He did it twice. They got to the playoffs twice. So I, I Googled Chad Johnson. The first tweet that came up, the top tweet, is for whatever reason, whoever runs the Pro Football Hall of Fame Twitter account said, with the news of Edelman's retirement announcements today, he will be first eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2026. And this guy, Blake Jewell, Blake Jewell NFL, tweeted out Chad Johnson's stats. 11,059 yards, 67 touchdowns, six Pro Bowls, and two All-Pros compared to Julian Edelman's 6,822 yards receiving 36 touchdowns, Zero Pro Bowls and zero All Pros. Get the fuck out of here. I had, I had, like, it's Patriots, not, like please don't ever bring this up in my presence again. I had Patriots Twitter in my ass for like weeks one time, like two years ago, when I said, like, Juliet Elman will not get into the Hall of Fame. You do not get into the Hall of Fame with zero Pro Bowls and zero All Pros. It does not happen. You will not find any player with zeros in that category in the Hall of Fame. It just doesn't happen. They're just like, well, what about the playoff stats? What about his playoffs? I was like, yeah, cool. He's good in the playoffs, but he's always in the playoffs because he plays on one of the greatest teams ever with the greatest quarterback ever. In one of the weaker divisions of the last yeah. like, two decades. The Dolphins, Bills. The Bills are good now, but Dolphins, Bills, and who else? Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Oh, Jesus. Put Julian yeah. Oman on the Jets and see what he does. But, like, they're talking about this, like, um, Julian Edelman to the Hall of Fame, Reggie Wayne, top 10 all-time all in catches, top 10 all-time in yards, uh, top, or top three in playoff receptions, top six in playoff yards, ninth in playoff touchdowns. Reggie Wayne was not a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is insane to me. You're the top 10 in every receiving category ever, and you can't get in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot? Like, But we're talking about... Julian Edelman, in my lifetime, he should never get on this ballot, ever. He shouldn't even be an option. There should be no one given the ability to vote for him. Because at the end of the day, Julian Edelman has fewer catches than Marshall Falk, who was a running back. Yes, Marshall Falk has more catches than Julian Edelman. So they said, let's see. Zip it up, KJ. That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they said, uh, who, who votes for this shit? They say that the, nope, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm trying to figure out who gets to vote for the NFL Hall of Fame. Julie, the, it's the uh, uh, pro football writers. It's pro football writers. And, like, for, for me, Julian Julian Edelman is the Eli Manning of wide receivers. Like, Eli Manning shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame either. That's even. That's, he, but that he's going to get stretch. He's going to get in. Because he has two Super Bowl MVPs, but he also has zero. A lot of losing has, seasons. I think like I, every season he wasn't in the playoffs, he was like had a losing season or something. I don't think Eli Manning has any Pro Bowls or All Pros either, though. But he has the two Super Bowl MVPs, and his last name is Manning. Like if his last name was Johnson, Eli Johnson's not getting in the, in the NFL Hall of Fame. But watch, if if Eli Manning gets in on the first ballot, I'm going to be so pissed because that's that's crazy to me. He's not anyone's top five quarterback ever he's not anybody's top 10 quarterback ever there's never been a year where you look at eli manning and be like you know what 
Eli Manning's a top five quarterback, and you've never said that about Julian Edelman either. Yeah, apparently it's like a 48-man voting committee that gets to vote for Hall of Fame. I need these names to be – these names need to be public. Because, like, even, like, Terrell Owens wasn't the first ballot Hall of Famer, and that is insane as well. It took him, like, three years again, which is that's, – that's just pettiness, though. That's pettiness. And it's wrong, honestly. I think it's wrong. Oh, okay. Here we, that Here we go. So they got – all right, here I don't know if this is a recent list, but Eli Manning is a four-time Pro Bowl, so yeah, this has a list of like random people, like uh, one of the writers in Atlanta that everybody hates, uh, Ledbetter. He is a he's on the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee. Um, where's a bigger name than that? This is like some random people. I don't know if this changes yearly, but if these people were on the same committee that did not vote in Terrell Owens, then that's offensive. Tony Dungy's on this list. John Clayton's on this list. Peter King is on this list. Bill Polian. Oh, God. Okay. I see. Yeah, Owens yeah you know why Terrell Owens didn't get in. <laughs> Sal Palatonio. <laughs> but at the uh, end of the day, like. Jesus Christ. There's like no women you... on this list either. Except why for, would like, there be? Lisa Salters is on the list. She's like really? the only woman. Yeah. Good for her. But like, shouldn't it be about what you did on the field? Shouldn't that be what we determine what your Hall of Fame candidacy is? Because like, is OJ Simpson still in the Hall of Fame or did they kick him out? Is he, I'm, I'm, pretty I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure he's still in. So yeah. it's like, does the off the field stuff matter or not? Because even with Terrell Owens, what off the field thing did he really have outside of that when he got sent home from the team and he did that press conference in the driveway where he was working out? Yeah. Like he 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 already got sent home. Like whatever happened in the locker room happened, but like the only person that seems to have a problem with him is Donovan McNabb. And McNabb has had his own personal issues, like as far as performance on the field and showing up in shape and ready to go. Like when it comes to when it when it's game time. Like Terrell Owens is kind of like Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. When it's when the lights come on and it's time to play, Terrell Owens shows up every time. Yeah, I saw that man take a, a slant 80 yards to the house, man. Like one of the first plays of the game when he's with the 49ers. I was like, Jesus Christ, like this dude's a fucking monster. He had the dropsies a little bit, but I, I oh, take a lot. that. But even uh, still, with that, he's still finishing the top 10 in catches, I'm pretty sure. Top yeah. 10 in yards. Like you can't you you can't justify keeping that man out of the Hall of Fame on off the first ballot and then let Tom Brady in, who has been suspended for cheating. Talking about integrity of the game, only one of these two players got suspended for cheating, and it was Tom Brady, but he'll get in on the first ballot. We won't talk about that. I'm gonna I will bring that up every time we talk about Tom Brady getting into the Hall of Fame, because that needs to be brought up. Because if you're gonna keep Terrell Owens off out of the Hall of Fame on the first ballot for off-the-field concerns, you better bring up Tom Brady's snakes. And Tom Brady got a baby mama, so let's talk about that, too. Oh, I, I did not know that. I learn something <laughs> new every day. A lot of people don't know about that. I know that I know that child support bag is nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yo, uh, man, that's, that, is, that is interesting. That is like, I wonder if they can make like a player's Hall of Fame where like they have a player's panel that votes on it, kind of like the, uh, or the NBA votes on their 
not I don't think it's an official ballot, but they vote on who they think are the best players in the league. Like I don't believe the NFL 100 is legit because some of those lists are kind of weird. Worst. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, maybe NFL players shouldn't shouldn't be able to do that, but maybe something that has like. I, I would like to see some players. Like, I, I don't know what the criteria would be, but I'd like to see a list where the players get to say, hey, this person, you know, or they should hold, hold more weight to kind of balance out the bias that comes from, you know, members in the media and non-athletes. So I, I think I think players should have a say so on it, but I think when it comes to, like, media members, it shouldn't just be old white guys. Like, the majority of the vote should not come from older white guys. It's y'all's time has passed. Like, it's time to move out. Like, cause you're not, you're, there's no scenario where a sports writer who was black and is say in their forties has Terrell Owens come across his ballot and says, no, there's no, even a young white person, if young and you've been in journalism or in the media and they're like, Hey, is Terrell Owens a hall of famer or not? They're saying yes, regardless of whatever, biases you feel they're saying like and i that i guaranteed like someone like joe buck would try to keep randy moss out of the hall of fame for the mooning incident in green bay because he was so offended by that like get over yourself it's football it's a game like do you not know what happens in green bay like did you not know the reasoning behind why randy moss did that it's because the fans do that to the opposing team when the team gets there in Green Bay, the fans go to wherever the bus can see them, and they pull their pants down and moon the players. That's why Randy Moss did that. But we don't hear about that stuff because Joe Buck wants to protect your kids from Randy Moss fake mooning the fans on an NFL game. That's not the worst thing. You can see someone die on an NFL field. What Randy Moss did is nothing. Yeah, Joe Buck, uh, his brain is probably discombobulated from his uh, hair plug obsession that he had <laughs> back in the day. So he really can't, you know, we can't fault him that he's a he's an aging white man who has who has confidence issues. You know, it is what it is. But, oh, man, as, as much as I don't want to talk about this, a studio that has no confidence issues is whatever studio produces and directs these terrible fucking Fast and Furious movies. Let's go. I I didn't want to watch this trailer, but because I do a podcast, I was forced to. And to me, to make a three minute plus trailer tells me that you're really trying to sell the story. <coughs> this story, I haven't seen a Fast and Furious movie since the first one The Rock was in, and that's when I had to tap out. I've talked about this in the podcast multiple times. When I've seen two Dodge Chargers pulling a large safe through a city like in unison. I was like, I'm done, dog. There, there's no engine that Dodge is making that is slinging a giant safe. I was like, nah. And then on top of that, when I seen Vin Diesel's character, like give the rock, like super diesel steroid, steroided rock. Like they, the business to, they were, they were standing toe to toe. Like, yep. Like I, I believe more of the stuff going on in the Avengers than I do in fast and furious. <laughs> Here, like, they got they got cars flying through buildings. Like yeah. I seen like Ludacris and Tyrese look like they're about to break that stratosphere and go to space. Like yes. oh, it's time, man. It's time to do this, man. Get this shit out of here, man. Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. 
spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy. It's time to do this. Like, I'm tired of the people getting on uh, Twitter talking about, oh, Fast and Furious, these niggas don't even race cars no more. Like, they don't. But okay, that was the thing. But here's when the Fast thing. and Furious first came out, I remember every like Walmart parking lot, every every Roses or Target parking <laughs> lot, be filled up with these beat up Honda Accords and Acuras and people out there getting it in. And now it's like, damn, like I said, I could pick up Thor's hammer and probably fit into the plot of an of a Fast and Furious movie. Like, okay. what are they doing now? Okay, like, people die and they come back from the dead and they're not really dead. And you got secret families. Like, what is the what is the point of all this? What is the, the end game? The first, you can't round that with nine. The There's gonna first, be another one after this, so like first, it's gonna get even more ridiculous. The first Fast and Furious came out in two thousand one. If you told me in two thousand twenty one that they decided to make a Fast and Furious nine, and they're still just racing cars, people would hate that. Aren't we tired of like movies like doing the same old thing over and over, not being creative, not being inventive? Fast and Furious is one of the few franchises that does that. Yeah, they first, they started out racing cars, then they got like the feds involved, and now they got like all these super hyped up cars that can damn near fly, going into space, uh, driving on runways, driving on ice ponds, uh, introducing new characters, killing off characters, bringing characters back. Like they've gone from just street racing to possibly going into space. And that's how you take a franchise forward. That's how you build a brand. Like if they were just, if they just continued on the path that they were on in Fast and Furious, it wouldn't have lasted this long. It's been almost it should have lasted this long regardless. It's but been that's 20, neither but here nor there. It's been 20 years and it's still a money-making franchise. And we we can't we can't have it both ways. We can't be like, oh, you guys gotta you you can't ask the movie industry to do something creative and do something new. But when Fast Nine is like, all right, we're gonna be racing cars in space and you get mad. Like you can't do that. They're doing something new. They're pushing the limit, they're pushing the boundaries, and they're making it work. These movies still make money. I still watch these movies. How many how many franchises have gone this long have been and have been this good? There's not that many. Like maybe maybe the MCU, but that's th- those are a whole bunch of different movies. I'm talking about continuity throughout where it's like you have one two sequels. Like Marvel isn't doing that. Like Mission Impossible kind of does that, but I don't He's kind of doing the same thing. It's always the same characters, but like we we at some point we got to give Fast and Furious their props. Like they've been doing this thing for twenty years. Right. Over twenty I'm years. I which movie I stopped it. I think I stopped at <laughs> Fast Five, which is in two thousand eleven, where they introduced the Rock's character. And no, they're not pushing the limits of movies. They're p- they pushing are. the limit the limits of what stupidity people will accept. And I will not accept it. I refuse, <laughs> I refuse to watch any of these movies. <laughs> And Charles Tyrese for getting back in tunes. I know he had beef about the the little Hobbs movie because he wasn't involved, but you know. he had beef with The Rock. Oh, okay. So well, maybe the, well, well, the Rock of, might he might be too big for these movies, anyways. At this, but point. he's the one that kind of he kind of brought it from from sinking with the fast. He he came in in Fast, fast Five, five. so yeah. He kind of he kind of bred some, put some new life in it. But then you have The Rock, and then you add Jason Statham into it too. 
Like those are two totally different characters that characters that were so big that they warranted their own spin-off movie that I went and saw and that was pretty good until the end. Like Okay. These are good right. movies. I was gonna read the descriptions going to read good. the descriptions of these movies. And like I said, I get pushed in the envelope, but all right. The first Fast and the Furious. The first installment follows Brian O'Connor's character, an under, undercover cop who's tasked with discovering identities of a group of unknown automobile hijackers led by Dominic Toretto. Cool. Fast and Furious 2. Brian O'Connor and Roman Pierce Tyrese team up to go undercover for U.S. Customs Service to bring down drug lord Carter Verone in exchange for the erasure of their criminal records. I'm not even going to Tokyo Drift because that's just like some. Other but it comes shit. back around. It, it's I'm still, sure, it, I don't. I don't even care. <laughs> All right, whatever. High school car enthusiast seen Boswell. Sean Boswell steals or sent to live in Tokyo with his father and finds solace in the drifted community. Although this third film released the franchise has been retroactively placed as the sixth. How do you go from? Th- All right, man. You gotta watch. You All gotta right. watch. All right, Fast and Furious. <laughs> 2009, the FBI agent Brian O'Connor and Dominic Toretto are forced to work together to avenge the murder of Toretto's lover, Letty Ortiz. Michelle Rodriguez, who was apprehended by drug lord Arturo Bragda, John Ortiz. The film is set five years after the events of the Fast and Furious and Tokyo Drift. So now I need a PhD to figure out what order these movies go. <laughs> All right. The next one, Dominic Toretto and Brian O'Connor and Mia Toretto plan a heist. So you go from being an FBI agent to now pl- planning a $100 million heist from corrupt businessman Hernan Reyes while being pursued for arrest by U.S. Diplomatic Security Services agent Luke Hobbs. So again, you go from being a undercover cop to now you're trying to race your record. You go to Tokyo, but that doesn't count until six years later. Then you're in the FBI. And then you're pulling off a heist. All right, cool. Let's go to part six. Dominic Toretto, Brian Connor, and their team offer amnesty for their crimes. You just tried to get amnesty two movies ago We're for their crimes by in exchange for helping them take down a mercenary organization led by Owen Shaw. One of them was uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham. This film is set before Tokyo Drift. <sighs> Part seven: Derek Shaw, a rogue special force. Ass- <laughs> So part one, we go from <laughs> an undercover cop being the first line to part seven, a rogue special forces assassin. Yes. You might as well made him a ninja. I love like, it. Keep seeking going. to avenge his comatose younger brother puts the team of Dominic Toretto and Brian O'Connor in danger once again. Keep going. Keep going. Keep this we, thing going. We go from a rogue special forces assassin to now in part eight. The fate of the furious cyber terrorist cypher, yes, Charlie's there, of course, academy it turns him against his team, forcing Dominic to take down cypher to the present day. Fast nine, Dominic Toretto and his family must face Dominic's younger brother Jacob, who is John Cena. Who these dudes look nothing alike, not at all. That doesn't <laughs> matter, though. Nothing alike. It doesn't matter, they weren't raised in the same house, that's why <laughs> they got different. So, his his brother is a deadly assassin who's working for their old enemy they defeated in the last movie, Cypher, who yes. holds a personal vendetta against Dominic. Yes. There's already an untitled 10th and 11th film. You know, you know who you know why they can do that? Jesus Christ. Money. These movies make money. You don't have your next two movies ready to go 
before Fast Nine comes out. If this isn't a money maker, people watch these movies. They're, they're pushing the limit. Yeah, it's, it's the same. Going, you know like, what? How many street racing movies are you gonna watch? You probably would have stopped that. Most people. Probably I'm not gonna say we could have stopped the street racing, but like the progression from undercover cop to cyber terrorism and a rogue assassin is a bit much. We could have. I like it. They could have been like dealing crack or something like that, or like, <laughs> they could turn it to like. Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. I'd have preferred a story like that. The Ida, if it had morphed that, that'd have been cool. But you got people flying through buildings and flying. Nah, man, I've already spent way too much time. I'm super. I'm, I'm, I'm never not been. I've never not been entertained by a Fast and the Furious movie. Every time I've watched one, I've been thoroughly entertained. So I like it. I think they need to be. I, I wish there was like someone, like one person, we could give like credit to it. You know, like how. For the MCU, it's like Kevin Feige's the guy that like put it all together. You kind of give him the credit for it. There isn't a guy or or a girl that we can or a woman that we can give credit to for keeping the Fast and the Furious going. Because it yes, you can. This, this is this, the foolish people that continue to buy tickets. Give give <laughs> yourselves the credit. So me, give, I get around the applause. Yeah, Thank you. Credit. You're yeah. welcome, guys. Because you're yeah. welcome. You don't. You don't get. Like there's comedy. actual good movies that can't get the funding. You don't even watch movies. Quality <laughs> films, but we got you Fast. Don't, you don't get Cardi B in your movie unless your movie is making money, and that's what Fast Nine has. They have Cardi B on deck. Let's she's, I thought she was in the last one. No, she's in this one coming up. Oh, no, nobody cares about her. <laughs> I did hear up the other day. It did. It did hit different on so the loudspeaker. <laughs> It, it hit this <laughs> speaker, but <laughs> it is. I'm excited I'm, for it. I'm boycotting that movie. It needs like this when this when this franchise finally wraps up. They need to be retroactively awarded an Oscar for what they've done for the last 20 years. They deserve it. They've earned it. All right. <clears throat> Anyways. Bo- <laughs> I know we all saw the video of the the army guy in South Carolina, Jonathan Pentland. Pentland. I didn't watch the video. I saw the clips, but uh, he was charged with third degree assault uh, for that, you know, assaulting that child. You know, apparently he is a drill sergeant out there in South Carolina, which I already see people using as a pre built in excuse why he was so aggressive. Um, There was a lot of dog whistling in his statements. Uh, with the gentleman again, people were saying like, "Oh, you know, we have to see what really happened." You know, we didn't see the whole video. Um, there was enough evidence in the video to only charge one person with the crime. So, to me, that says whatever the gentleman, the child was being accused of or was said to be doing was either not merited or not true or not warranted of being arrested. At the end of the day, he didn't harm anybody or put his hands on anybody, unlike uh, Mr. Jonathan Penlin. Right. So some of the things he were saying is like, hey, you know, get out of here, motherfucker, like move or I'll move you just to paraphrase talking about like, oh, you know, get out of our neighborhood or go back home. Stuff like you don't live here. This is a tight knit community. I've never seen you here. And I I guess the young man actually did live in that neighborhood. I always do. Yeah. I'm just like, why are you just like that? He gave off a. the type of aggression that you'd see, you know, a police officer give off to like people specifically like people of color that are assumed to do, you know, assumed to commit crimes. They probably aren't, but 
it was very, very unnecessary. Like in the, in the era of social media, man, like some people are just like not aware of their surroundings. Like there's better ways to handle situations than being aggressive. Again, if the dude was like swinging nunchucks at people or throwing rocks, then I could see you getting aggressive and maybe even use some force or some violence. But like you have no right to put your hands on people like that. And apparently he, he thought he had that right. And that got him in some handcuffs and it's probably going to affect his, his uh, employment in some shape, form, or fashion. But at the end of the day, that's those black people to put up on the neighborhood, put up on the power. You know what I'm saying? KD went on a podcast. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Shout out for black people for, for standing up for the young man. And you know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're part of these neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have the right to be everywhere you have a right to be at. Um, and just, yeah, be vigilant, especially for black I mean, folks. Like, if you I, see something that looks questionable, pull out your phone because you never know. You, you never know what's happening, uh, who's being nefarious, who's going to try to spin a story. Like, again, perfect example with the Walter Scott situation and, and Charleston. Had somebody not, ooh, okay. So Jeff sent me a video of Katie on a podcast. We'll bring that up in a second. But yeah, had had nobody been there to record the Walter Scott situation, uh, essentially where uh, Walter Scott got pulled over for a busted taillight, which isn't illegal in the state of South Carolina. Uh, I guess he had some warrants for child support, so he decided to run, whatever, not posing a threat. And the police officer decided to shoot him in the back six times and then plant a taser on him, saying that he'd reach for his taser, so he shot him in the back. So. That's yeah. the last. That's the last video I watched. That was the last one. I haven't watched uh, it since that. Yeah. So definitely, the the moral of the story is, you know, what I'm saying, you, you touch me, you're going to jail, pretty much. And take out your phone to record stuff. So. Let's see what uh, Kevin Durant had to say real quick. Well, what are your takes real quick while I pull up this video? Yeah, I mean, it could be just a thing where people just don't know who their neighbors are. They're not really interacting with people or, or they're just interacting with the neighbors that look like them. Cause well, yeah. Yeah. So you can't say it's a tight knit community, but don't know, don't know anybody in, in the community. Like that's not a thing anymore. People don't, you know, see the moving truck and bring over a casserole anymore. This isn't like nah. this eighties, nineties or whatever. Like people go to their houses, lock their doors, cut on their ring alarm so they can see who's at their door to, to choose to either engage with people or not and go about their lives. So the idea of it, oh, I know all of my neighbors. I know not one single neighbor in my neighborhood. I've lived not in my neighborhood about a year now. I couldn't tell you a single person's name. Yeah, no. I've been here. I've been here for two years, and I, I have not talked to any of my neighbors. Like I, the most I've done is like when I'm walking out to my car and just waving, like, "Hey, hey, that's that's it." I don't like, even I don't do that. Like, I don't I even eye contact. <laughs> I drive yeah. around my garage and close the door. <laughs> <laughs> lock my doors. I was watching a t- watching um This Is Us this past week, and there was a scene in there where I'm not gonna say who, but a character got locked out of their house, and he was like, you know, I don't want to break a window. Let me go to my neighbor because I gave my neighbor a key. Like that, those days, that is done. You'll never, I'll never do that. Um, you'll never see me like, oh, let me take my spare key to my neighbor just in case something happens. Like. I, I'm not doing that. Like, I feel like people my age, like millennials and down, aren't really doing that because we're, you know, more so on our phones. We're not really super social when it comes to like going across the street and knocking on the door and introducing ourselves to each other. We're not doing that. Like, 
I don't I don't know who the kids are in my neighborhood. I know there's kids in my neighborhood. I know like because I've seen them. Like I know I kind of have an idea of which kids live in my neck in the the house next door to me. But like if I see a random kid in my neighborhood, like I'm not who am I to do like, oh, you don't belong here. Like when Halloween rolls around, hella kids come through. I don't know if they live here or not. Do you want this candy or not? That's what I'm here for. I'm here to hand out candy. If you don't live here, I need to get rid of this candy anyway. Like, I don't care. It's just, people just need to, they need to accept that they're being racist and biased towards a certain group of people. And that's all it is. And that that guy shouldn't be in the military anymore. And I, I'm pretty sure he was in a leadership position. Like, how are you supposed to lead people of color when you have when you do this in public like how are your subordinates supposed to look at you knowing that this is who you are like you've lost everybody you've lost every person of color in your command and you've probably lost a few uh white people that disagree with how you behaved and you're supposed to be like a leader you're a grown-up you're an adult yeah he's 42 years old no excuses, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you've had enough. You've had enough life experience to know. And again, and you're like in the military. Marcus, I'm Marcus, sure you've traveled around places. Yeah, like I said, Marcus is our, our resident veteran on the show. Uh, shout out to him. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, at, I feel like at 42 years old, you should know how to leave work at home. Like I could see if you were like the uber aggressive guy with everybody in the neighborhood. But it seems like you had that type of smoke for a particular person. So, again, you, you can't say you know the block, you know the neighborhood, and you're a tight-knit community if you don't know everybody. Like, yeah, that's all cap. So, I, I'll be keeping up with that. I'm curious to see what actually happens if he, you know, gets fired or whatever. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, real quick, the video that Jeff sent me wasn't really relevant to the podcast. It was actually interesting. Uh, I guess he went on uh, Barstool, New Amsterdam, or something like that, and they asked him to name like the top five players he played with. He said, uh, ah, but "Wait, wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna let me guess. Top five players he has played with. Uh, Steph has to be on that list. Yes. Uh, Westbrook, Clay Thompson. Yes. James Harden. Yes. And." Kyrie, even though he's only played like five games with him, but Kyrie. Yes, his initial list was Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Serge Ibaka. <laughs> no. <laughs> but but no, but see, to be fair, the, the announcer was like, yo, you forgetting somebody? He's like, nah, he's like, yo, somebody from like South Central LA, he's like, oh shoot, Westbrook. He's like, yeah, man, get searching Baca's ass off this list. <laughs> but to be fair, he caught himself, it was an honest mistake. But I yeah, I, I think he just was he wasn't thinking about it, but yeah, Serge if, if Ibaka, you if you'd have doubled wow. down on Serge Ibaka, then yeah, that's there's definitely there's definitely somebody's gotta yeah. fight in the parking lot because ain't no way. Why? But hey, why? Is, why? Is Serge Ibaka in the league still? Or? Yeah, he's still in the league. He's in. Uh, he's with the Clippers. Oh, okay. But watch what happens. Watch what happens tomorrow. Guess. Guess what? Sports Center and FS1 and First Take and 
uh, undisputed. <laughs> guess what? Guess what they're going to be talking about? Who are Kevin Durant's top five teammates? Did Kevin Durant need mean to leave Russell Westbrook off of his top five? They're going to make this into a thing, and I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but it sounds like it was an honest mistake. Like he, yeah, yeah. he 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 mentioned like the team he played with previously with Steph, uh, uh, Clay, and then he mentioned the team that he's currently playing on with Kyrie and James. So maybe he was like he was just reaching for something. It's been a while since he played with Westbrook, and he, if they, like you said, if he, if they would have brought up Westbrook and he'd be like, nah, man, Serge Ibaka was way better. Like Serge Ibaka yeah. meant more to the team. He's more versatile, whatever, whatever. Then that would have been a thing. But it sounds like he acknowledged what he did and was like, yeah, nah, Russell Westbrook, top five player I played with. But watch, guarantee Monday, Tuesday, it's gonna be a topic on Sports Center because. People on at ESPN and Fox Sports One and CBS Sports or whatever NBC Sports do not have people on the payroll that can can generate their own type of content to talk about. So they just talk about whatever they're talking about, and it works. But like, this isn't this isn't news. This isn't something that should be discussed at all. Like, this shouldn't be leading their 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 stories. Your A block. This isn't. This shouldn't be the main story, and it's going to be. I guarantee it. Because what else are they going to talk about? That's that's true. They could talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence's lack of love for the game or something stupid oh, like that. Can we talk about that real quick? <laughs> we can. The, the, mind you, the guy who's only lost like two or three games since his like sophomore year of high school that you know doesn't need the game, but he still continues to ball out. But yeah, real quick before we wrap with this uh, Winter Soldier stuff. Well, the, the, what they're trying to make it seem like is that Trevor Lawrence doesn't care about football. Trevor Lawrence just has balance in his life. And he, I don't think it's just Trevor Lawrence. I think it's a lot of players feel the same way in all sports. They're just like, hey, I love football. I love basketball. I love whatever sport I play. But I also have outside interest. Like, I also am interested in, like, there's a lot more. You see a lot more athletes uh, streaming on Call of Duty on online or having YouTube channels or starting businesses or dealing with their families, having kids getting married, you know, doing all these things. And that's that's how it should be, not just for them, but for everybody. Like, no matter what your job is, that shouldn't be the only thing that consumes you. You should have other outside things besides the job. You know, like, have some friends, have a hobby, talk to your family, enjoy your kids, something. But don't just, it shouldn't just be, it shouldn't be basketball, 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 football, football, football all day, every day. Like, I, I remember there was people were getting mad because, like, the New York Jets, it was, this was like 2000, 2009, I think. The New York, New York Jets got to the AFC Championship game and they lost to the Patriots. And later that night, video surfaced of Mark Sanchez and other Jets players in the club partying. Because, like, their season's over, whatever. And Jets fans lost their fucking minds because, God forbid, these players go out and try to have a little fun after after a game. Like, they lost. Their season's over. What do you want me to do? You want me to go to my room and just kill myself and just die? You want me to just drink myself to death? Like, no. I'm going to, like, at the end of the day, the Jets had a great season. You You get to the AFC Championship, that's a great season for any team. Any team, any fan base would be happy with that. So they went out and they had a little party. They celebrated, whatever. It's not a big deal. These guys have lives. You know what I'm saying? And I guarantee there's a guy, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, just retired. 
because of uh, like irregular heartbeats or whatever. And he easily could have just wrote it out and just been like, hey, just give me limited minutes. Let me just ride the bench and try to get a ring. And But he was like, no, I'm putting my health and my family before this game. Like, But I bet there's people that are just like, well, you just got to tough it out. We need you. We need you to for this playoff run. And they do that with everybody. Whenever, when people get a concussion, they want you back in the game or they want you back next week, not knowing that 10 years from now your brain's going to be scrambled. Like, these guys need to have something else. They have to or they're not going to make it in life. Well, it's that's a big news flash that there's a lot of people that are in the NFL that do not like football. Like they yeah. do it for the buddy, like, hey, I'm really big, I'm, I'm pretty strong. <laughs> I could kick it as a third, fourth, a third, second stringer, get some reps here. But like a lot of people don't love the game. They like the pay, you know what I'm saying? But the idea that you know he's not dedicated is foolish. And there are some people, uh Mr. Savage is telling me he's a Jags fan. There are some people that are like flirting with the idea that the Jags should not draft Trevor Lawrence, which is off of that would, would be the most would be the most Jacksonville thing of all time. But yeah, anywho, and you know what? Let's let's save the Falcon Winter Soldier for next week for the. Well, next week's the last episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll do the. Well, I think we got to do it now because I want to get a prediction on on record. Okay. All right. All right. Real, real quick. Uh, I saw a tweet that said, this is super random that a leave the door open was Anderson Pack's first number one single. My first thought was like, wow, y'all really don't listen to Anderson Pack. Um, and somebody tweeted out, he makes way better music than that song. So there's that other thing real quick is, uh, I guess Minnesota is already like prepping to shut down schools for the Derek Chauvin no, murder geez. trial results. So hopefully they get them on at least one charge. So I feel like the prosecution's case is pretty strong. Um, but again, it's pretty tough to prosecute a cop, even though Minnesota prosecuted and locked up a black cop that killed a black woman or a white woman. I'm sorry. So, and he kind of had more of a reason to do so than Derek Chauvin did. But yes, Falcon Winter Soldier. So I get my takeoff. Let Marcus finish up. Uh, uh, a couple episodes ago, whenever we did like the Isaiah Bradley episode, uh, or when we talked about that scene, my kind of prediction was like Sam gave up the shield because in the back of his mind, he didn't think a black person would be Captain America. Then once he met Isaiah Bradley, he's like, oh, shoot, there was a black super soldier who essentially was Captain America. Full circle. He met Isaiah Bradley again, trying to you know figure out what it's all about. And it looks like he is going to carve his own path. Uh, as he has seemingly abandoned the uh, wings of the Falcon and picked up the shield, which I tweeted about this in like 2019. Kind of, I kind of want a Bucky to be Captain America just because he has the super soldier serum essentially. And he's way stronger. Um, But the graphic or the fan art they made of the Falcon in some sort of Captain America suit was pretty cool so i'm like you know what i can rock with this you know the comic he has become captain america both of them at some point but uh yeah i mean i guess it it is the idea of maybe people like they've discussed a lot of the the racial messaging the show that maybe america wouldn't accept a black captain america as we are dealing with our own kind of racial renaissance reckoning right now with all the things happening i do feel like that played a huge role of the a lot of the writing that's gone on in this show, which is very direct, like it's 
they're not being uh, coy about what their messaging is. <laughs> and side note, it's, it's going to be hilarious when uh, Sam dons the new, I don't know if he's going to call it Captain America, but whatever this iteration of Captain America is with the shield, when, when Fox News gets a hold of this, because I'm going to be like, look at the woke Disney changing Captain America to a black man. This is ridiculous. They're, they're canceling white. They'll, they'll come up with some, some nonsense, not having any, like, knowing any of the historical references to the show. And again, I can tell that they don't watch this shit because they would have been said a lot about the messaging yeah. in this show. They'd have definitely been killing this. I'm, so. su- I'm surprised <laughs> about the messaging. They're, they're, I'm not, not, not that they're getting away with, but some of the messaging they have, like, especially towards like military and stuff like that. I'm like, Disney's good with this. Yeah. I think if you haven't watched the episode, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Well, I already gave away some shit, but it was kind of obvious that Mr. Walker was going to have to give up the shield because he, you know, killed a person on live stream TV. Um, Loki kind of got off very easy. Like you get you murder somebody on TV, you're like the most recognizable white man in the world, and you just like, all right, bro, like, don't do it again. We're gonna, you know, because of your military history, we're not gonna lock you up for the rest of your life, but you can go walk the streets and you know, build a, a fake yeah. great value Captain America shield. Like, get the fuck out of here, Johnny Walker. Like, you're done <laughs> in the streets, man. But I kind of, I kind of, I kind of get what they're kind of saying there. Like, even what um, John Walker said after they told him all that, after they're like, hey, man, we're going to kick you out. Uh, less than honorable discharge, no benefits, whatever. And he's just like, yo, y'all, y'all made me into this. Like, y'all trained me and taught me and blah 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 like this is what i've been bred to do this is all i know how to do and yeah i did it at the wrong time but just for them to just throw him away like that that's kind of i can see how he would feel that way and i've i've seen how other people in the military feel the same way when all they've done for you know four to 12 years is be in the military be and do you know military type stuff and then they get out and don't know how to do anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't they don't have any other Yeah, skills. but killing a person on live stream is a, I, a, I bit, a bit extreme. Like you, you can't roll that one out. Yeah, you, you can't, can't roll that do, one out, bro. You can't do that, but I I I'm sure that there are people that feel that way. Like they go to a deployed location or a, a heavy, heavily dangerous place and they kill the wrong person. Like, but they're just like the in their minds. They're thinking, hey, you don't understand what it's like to be over here. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I feel like that's what kind of what Disney is showing. Like, hey, there's people in the military that maybe take things a little too far, but that's all they know. And they've been in certain situations that are a little bit harder to deal with. And then they feel like they're just being tossed aside without any type of like help. Like there's not a there's not a Sam Wilson to kind of help talk you through it and get you back on track. Yeah. So uh <clears throat> Uh, let's see uh, my predictions. I my prediction is the suit is not gonna have any type of red, red white, and blue in it. I, my prediction is gonna be a kind of a neutral colored suit. I don't think I feel like because he has no powers, you got to give him some wings, or maybe like the type of technology that uh, Black Panther had. Uh, maybe. But, uh, you gotta have some wings, but the other uh, there's a fan theory that I saw that uh, 
that the little Air Force dude was going to be his uh, his Falcon. Torres. Yeah, Torres is going to be his his Falcon, and they're going to you know run game like that. So, um, another sign that was like they couldn't call in a favor to Wakanda to fix the boat. Like y'all could have put like <laughs> no alien technology on the boat. Like you got to call in favors from your your parents' friends from like the fifties and sixties. It's like yo, I let you borrow. I let you borrow a cup of sugar thirty years ago. Like my parents, like you know, watched your kids one afternoon. Like, can you come help fix my boat, bro? Like, hit up, hit up Wakanda, man. Hit up Sherry. Like, that's light work. That's like an that's like an hour job. (laughs) Please, can you please fix my boat? Yeah, my boat don't start up. You can any any way you can hook that up for me. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, unfortunately, we all know. We've all learned that you know. Iron Man probably would have been the insurrection. Mm. So Pepper Potts is clearly not picking up those phone calls. <laughs> we know she got the we know she got the buddy. <laughs> you see Sam right here struggling. You can't send him a check. She so, improved, she don't approve the payroll. <laughs> I mean, <hey>. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, hey man, I do it, but it's tied up. It's, it's you know, say it's politics. It's not liquid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all a Bitcoin. It's you all do. a Dogecoin right now. I can't, you know, I gotta hold the line. We gotta you go do. to the moon real quick and then you know I can, I can hook that up. Yo, shout out to Dogecoin, man. Like shout out to the people that are getting rich <laughs> off this shit, but that shit is a scam, dog. Like I'm not saying that the other cryptocurrency doesn't have like any validity because it, the thing is is like all right, if Dogecoin, if you go to the website, it says it's a meme coin, like there's like there's nothing it does nothing it has no functionality right it's just a joke right but like for example with bitcoin like you can buy a tesla with bitcoin right so there's functionality to it there's other like they said that a lot of the people that gamble in like vegas are from overseas so if you come from overseas you have to transfer or transfer your currency it's american currency to, to gamble which costs money to the fees so let's say that you go to the casino and it takes cryptocurrency. Now the cryptocurrencies you have, you don't have to pay any fees to get it exchanged, right? So there's there's a functionality to that. One idea that I think they should do is that uh, all the people that get mad at the Jordan releases, they should make Jordan releases specifically or make like special drops for people that use cryptocurrency so you can get your shoes. Like I can see the future where cryptocurrency could be used. Dogecoin has no function. It is a meme coin. There's nothing to it. So if you did buy in at less than a penny and made a bunch of money, God bless you. But take your money and invest into a real cryptocurrency. We've been joined by Rev. Uh, she's going to take my place. I'm going to dip real quick. Uh, my song of the week that has dethroned, that has finally dethroned the Lemon Pepper Freestyle is uh, Back in Blood, Pooh Shiesty and Lil Dirt. Oh. Jesus. That shit goes hard, Dodge. Shout out to Shiesty. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Gay, gay. He's like, he's like 18 or 19 or 20. He's a young cat. He's but that young? That song is mad aggressive for a cat that yeah, Let me double check this. I'm not having to get back to But don't forget Tay K, who ushered in all these new niggas. Let's see. Poo Shiesty is 21 years old. I don't know. <laughs> we should be saying that. I don't know if you did. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about free take a, but like shout out to him. <laughs> free tax code. Uh, I saw the video. So it should probably be true. Great job, free job, Walker. Yeah, I'm gonna shield back. 
Hey man, yeah. How he get the, how you get a free pass? But never mind. We all know how that works. It's white privilege. But anywho, Ravens going to uh, take up the mantle of uh, South Breeze for me. Uh, hold it down. I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. Huh? I'm gonna change my name. Oh, there we go. Yo, shout out to you. Saw saw that video, man. Shout out to Hepzibah, man. Like again, oh, I've said this before. I've said this before. Augusta can never be on Twitter <laughs> or the internet for anything positive. Nothing positive. Nothing. How you let a five foot two man walk up in the McDonald's and run things like he was Thanos, dog? Like that was it's okay. Not that serious. It's not Very that serious. Funny story. That is a Hardee's, right? It's oh, right it's a Hardee's. But the Hardee's piece is very specific. It's important because my mama go to that Hardee sometimes before work, and she had just told a story about how she had to like ride up and be like, "Yo, where are my grits?" <laughs> like, I've been oh, three wallet. Okay. So it doesn't surprise me that okay. the man had to, he was a little. <laughs> now, should he have been chasing that woman around? Absolutely not. But it does not surprise me that it got a little rowdy in the Hardee's because they are known for bad service. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So if you eat a Hardee's, you get what you deserve, honestly. Hey, man, Hardee's got some, hey, man, they got that the little uh, cinnamon raisin biscuit the thing slaps. They had some chicken tenders back Jesus in the day. Jesus um, Christ, for the 12-year-olds like KJ, they used to fry chicken at Hardee's. Like, Hardee's got some history. But <laughs> anywho, uh, Kendrick Lamar, if you're listening to the podcast, please release some music. It's been about four years. We appreciate that. Um, <laughs> y'all hold it down. I'm out. Okay, I think I'm about to slander Marvel real quick. Have you have oh, you God. have you seen uh, Winter Soldier the last episode? So I have, and I missed so internet issues, and so it was like buffering in and out. I need to go back and like really watch, but I did see it Friday. Okay, so I think I I think I have problems with Marvel right now, and I think they've kind of they their ego is too big right now, and it's been too big for the past year with this whole you know COVID thing and not wanting to release um, Black Widow in theaters or not put it on Disney Plus. And I think I think the reason why they didn't put it on Disney Plus is because I think Mulan did so terribly on Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah. But uh I mean at this point you see what HBO Max is doing. You saw what they did with Wonder Woman, you saw what they did with Justice League. They've been doing it with all their uh, Warner Brothers property movies like Godzilla vs. Kong um the denzel movie um i can't remember what it was called it was don't worry about it <laughs> yeah all, all these movies are going straight to streaming services with no extra charge and i feel like marvel should have been like you know what we put this on disney plus put it on there for like a week give people a chance to watch it i think we'll get the numbers that we want out of this like obviously you're not going to get the box office numbers but you'll still get the people to watch it. You'll get people subscribing to your service, hopefully, and you'll get people talking about the movie. So I watched um, this last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and um, I watched a couple of like you know reviews and people giving their takes and theories. So before last week, we talked about how there was going to be a cameo in this episode, like a legit cameo in it. And when it happened, I was like, like eh. I don't even know if I noticed the cameo. You was might it, not have. It was the guy, uh spoiler alert. It was the guy that had an, a prior issue with Sam, right? The big barely guy. Was it him? No. Okay, yeah, I missed the cameo then. <laughs> I'll let you go back. Well, it was it was uh after uh Walker got uh um 
dishonorably discharged from the military, the lady that came and talked to him. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, but so apparently that that character, like if you read the comics, if you're one of those people, that that yeah. name that name means something to you. But she's actually in Black Widow in the movie. So we would have, so we should have seen her before. Right. So, and that cameo should have hit differently. But because Disney was like, nah, we're not releasing Black Widow till people can go risk their lives, you know, for, uh, to to get these box office numbers. It's just like, y'all should have just put that movie out. Like, you guys are doing things like, you're, I don't want to say they're, they're, obviously they're not messing up their brand. Like, Marvel is going to be okay. The MCU is going to be fine. Black Widow is going to do the numbers it's supposed to do. I just kind of found it annoying when I found that out. Like this big cameo was someone that's in a previous movie that hasn't been released yet. Like mm-hmm. they're almost going backwards. It's just kind of annoying to to see that. So I, I wish Marvel would kind of like get off their high horse for a little bit. Like just we're not, asking, we're not asking you to put Black Panther two on Disney Plus. It's Black <laughs> Widow. <laughs> it's a minor character. It'll be all right. The, the the Black Widow thing holding off on it. And then I think also, I, I think I remember New Rockstars, uh, Eric from New Rockstars talking about how their timeline had got a little shifted. So like even WandaVision was supposed to come out later, but they had to bump it further. I think it was supposed to be Falcon and Winter Soldier first. But yeah, that now that you say, now that you mentioned that she's supposed to be in Black Widow, it makes sense to why I didn't even recognize, I don't read the comics. Um, not in total, at least. I like will read bits and pieces of what I see online. Um, but it makes sense to why, like, seeing her was just like, all right, <laughs> I don't know who she's supposed to be. Right, it would have hit a lot, a lot differently if I would have seen Black Widow. Like, I knew the actor was a big deal. Like, I know she's like from Seinfeld right. and she's on some other shows. So I, I was like, oh, well, she's she's a big deal. And then right. she said her name, and I'm just like. Am I supposed to care about that? <laughs> that name, like, and then she's got like purple, purple in her hair, and I'm like, well, that that has to mean something, but I I don't know. I don't know anything about this character. I've never seen it before, so it's just like you know, it just didn't hit the same, I guess, and it was kind of that kind of annoyed me. But uh, with there being just one episode left, feels like there's a lot to wrap up. That we there's a lot of unanswered questions. So I felt like that this entire series, like I felt like from like episode two or three, I'm like this story for it to only have six episodes has a lot of parts and I'm interested to see how they're going to continue to wrap this up. So I thought episodes four and five were going to be like more fast paced and not that they were like slow, but I figured they would like have a lot more coming at us so that by the time we got to episode five, we were like, oh, well, here's a clear direction of how this might end. But I'm at the end of episode five, like, I don't know. This man's building a. There's a post credit scene. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a post credit scene. Oh, no, we're, nah, let's let's. <laughs> All right, so it's fine. Johnny's back. He doesn't have the shields. He said, "I'm gonna build my own shield." So I'm like, "All right, so that he's not going away. Let's see how that works." We still don't know what's in the box for Sam. Like you know, we spend a whole episode with the box. We get to the end. We, I, I'm assuming it's a new suit. If it feels only logical that it be a new suit. Um, yeah. but they but they. They've Sarah. introduced that part. They've introduced the the new um, technology that Sam is. I've clearly got from Wakanda. We have Sam leaving the wings behind to mm-hmm. the military Torres guys. So we can pr- pretty much assume that Torres is going to do something with those wings mm-hmm. and use it for himself. 
Now we have John Walker making his own shield. So now they're not just going to introduce him and get rid of him in one episode. Like we need to figure out what's going to happen with him. We still have uh, Carly. Like, is she going to live? Is she going to walk away from this? Is she going to switch sides? Who owns the shield? Like what happens to the shield now? Uh, Does Bucky go back to where he back to New York and, Talk to that Asian dude. Like, is he? Is, is he? I'll say that. Are we ever going to get closure on this? <laughs> like, right. what? Ha- and and you know what? I actually I actually thought about you when I was watching this episode. I felt like we've been getting a lot of um of Bucky the last three episodes as far as like character development. I felt like he's gotten a lot of big moments, and even when they went and fought um, John Walker. And they finally got the shield away from him. The first person to pick up the shield was Bucky, and right. I th- I thought it was going to be like, oh well, now Bucky's Captain America. And I just felt like that moment kind of belonged to Falcon because he's supposed to be the lead. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe I just went into this thinking that it was more a Falcon show and not a Winter Soldier show. But it seems to be like they're trying to share it. But but I feel like they've done a lot more with Bucky than they have with Falcon. No, I'd agree, and I mean. I, I know I went in thinking it'd be more of a Falcon show because Falcon was the last one with the shield. And so, like, he was... Steve specifically sought him out. So I figured Bucky would be in more of a supporting role. And I think Bucky even said something about him knowing that Steve would give Sam the shield. Um, then Maybe, like, had having a conversation about it or something. And it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I figured, okay, well, Falcon comes first. This must be a more Falcon-centric show. And even if they are trying to share the narrative between them, you're right. Bucky does get a lot of the bigger moments. He gets a lot more of the emotional moments. We've seen Bucky go through uh, a lot more uh, inner struggle than Sam. Sam obviously has his issue with you know the parents and the boat, um, that very small moment where he had to protect his sister and his nephews. But it, it does feel like a lot of this belongs to Bucky. We've seen Bucky on his, his therapy um, journey Obviously, I will hopefully we'll have to go back to Bucky, back to that that small Japanese shop, um, so he can talk to you know his his newfound friend. I don't know. It does. It feels a lot more Bucky centric. Even even Sam's moments with this montage with uh, the shield, it felt corny. It didn't feel like oh we're finally get to see Sam step really? into the. It just felt like Sam playing frisbee in the and it. I, I feel like. <laughs> I don't blame it on Anthony Mackie. I think Anthony Mackie is doing the best of what he has. I just, I think maybe it, it fell flat. I don't know, maybe direction wise or maybe the way it was written. Um, but it looked a little goofy after a little while. I would, I, I hope that Sam gets way more big moments in the season finale because if not, then it kind of feels like this was Winter Soldier and Falcon and not the other way around. Well, it did, it did kind of feel kind of, I think it was cool to see um, Sam training with the shield. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, uh, it got a little corny, just the idea of him like working out, like yes. doing push-ups. Like, dog, you're an Avenger, dog. Like, you 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 should be ready for that. Like, right. you, you're in shape, right? Like, you you've had time to do that stuff. Practice I'm, practice getting the shield thrown down, but you, right. you you're still doing sprints. Like, you just got here, dog. You've been an Avenger for like ten years. I would have loved to see Sam. There was there's a, a special part in seeing Sam be Captain America or try to step into this mantle. He doesn't have the super soldier serum. I feel like that's been a big part of this entire series. Like 
does Captain America need the super soldier serum? They tried it with Johnny Walker not having it. You know, he I think Johnny Walker was just an awful person to begin with. But, you know, you saw him before versus after. So here's Sam trying to step into the mantle without the super soldier serum. And exactly. I mean, you've been, you know, the Falcon for, you know, 10 years or I guess in Avenger years, you've been with them for, you know, six plus it's uh we know that you can run you know a mile or five if you need to let's let's get more into the emotional aspects of stepping into this role as a quote unquote regular person yeah yeah i feel like that was like unneeded but as far as like being captain america and having that super soldier serum i feel like you have to have it don't you like steve I rogers am- steve rogers isn't getting as far as he did without it Right. I don't think you, you, you go up against, you know, a threat like Thanos without a super soldier serum. Like Not at all. the regular guy at the Goodyear factory beating up a purple alien. So I think you, you need this. One good punch. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to try to, again, this series comes to a close of one more episode and it does. I don't feel like there's a clear path to the end right now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have a Sam without the super soldier serum. I'm interested to see how far he gets. Cause I mean, even somebody like Natasha Romanoff or black widow is she, so we don't know that she has a super soldier serum, but she essentially, at least in the comics is a version of a super soldier. She's essentially Bucky and cap. So there's, there's a reason why she can kind of hang with them in, in certain aspects. Um, Sam needed a lot of tech and if, you know, maybe the tech that the Wakandans gave him kind of takes the place of the super soldier serum. Maybe, okay. but I think if not, then you need you need a shot or two. You need a poke poke. Well, since there's one episode left, I I, I guess we'll get a prediction on it. Who who ends the series with the shield? Because there was a question that that the the big cameo um, brought up, and she was just like, you know, the government doesn't own the shield. Like this isn't their property, technically. So we don't know who owns the shield. Like, I mean, it was made by Tony Stark's dad, but it was made out of vibranium. That at, they say he just found it, found the vibranium, or just acquired it. But I mean, if we have to, if we use our brains, we can pretty much assume that he stole that. So, does it belong to the Wakandas? Does it get returned to them? Does Bucky keep it? Or does Bucky get it? Does Sam keep it? Does he turn it in? Does John Walker get it? Like, who do you think ends up with the shield to end this series? Knowing Marvel and knowing that they are a Disney property, and while they have tried their hand at getting very dark and, uh, you know, being edgy, I don't think that this is where they'll be edgy. Um, I think we'll get a very kumbaya shield sharing moment. Um, in the sense that maybe Bucky has the OG shield, the 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 Steve Rogers shield, and Sam has a shield that is brand new and just for him, um, in a way that kind of ties back into this whole issue with Isaiah Bradley, um, of that shield and those stripes not really representing them as Black people. Um, and I feel like Bucky gets the OG shield, Sam has a brand new shield that doesn't have you know, the stench of racism, quote unquote. The red, white, and blue. Yeah. <laughs> so does so what about Carla? What do you think happens with her? She she going to jail or she they is she uh, in a body bag? I think I think Carly does get captured. Um but it's like a mercy mercy merciful capturing, like, you know, a very like 
we understand, but jail. Kind of like Zemo. Like Zemo really yeah. should have been shit, but Zemo was allowed to just be sent to the raft. Um, like, I you know, like but that. Like you go to this whole big, like, I'm gonna shoot you in the head, but I got all the bullets in my hand. It's like, no, kill that nigga. Like, he had you on the well, warpath. <laughs> well, not even that. My thing was, it's like, the, I felt like the Wakandans, the Wakandans wanted him to take him back to Wakanda to be like, hey, dog, you killed our king. You were smart. You uh, answer for that in Wakanda. You don't just go to American jail. You come and deal. Like, that's what happened with uh, in Black Panther. That's what happened with Claude. That was their big issue that Claude caused all this, all this damage and stole all this vibranium. And they were like, nah, you need to bring him back to Wakanda so he can deal with it, deal with this. So the fact that Zemo kind of got, he got like, he got a pass. Yeah, he's he still been able to do that. He shouldn't be able to just go to the raft. Like, what the fuck is right. that? He's going to spend the rest of his days in bondage, but like, Zemo's been in jail before. Like, <laughs> I think well, the yeah. most torment for him is not having his wife and his kid, but like, okay. <laughs> But here's here's the thing that I've that here's the theories that I've been hearing about this. So the raft is the the prison that um everybody got sent to at the end of Civil War, mm-hmm. like the underground uh, underwater prison, and the person in charge of that is General Ross, mm-hmm. nicknamed Thunderbolt. Yeah, so he's supposed to be putting together some type of crew called the Thunderbolts, I guess, where it's going to be like Zemo, mm-hmm. um uh. What's it? There's like the guy from the Hulk, from the very first Hulk, Abomination, supposed to be there. And they're supposed to be like building up a team mm. that's in that area. So that's, I think that's where they're going. That's where they're heading. They're kind of just planting that seed over there. Mm. But I, I just think that Zemo should have got uh, dealt with by the Wakandans because that's what it felt like. They were, and they, I feel like they specifically said, like, turn him over to us. Yeah. Not turn him over to us so we can take him to y'all. Like, what are, what are we doing? And I feel like the Wakandas keep getting shortchanged too. Like going back to Claw, they didn't get any revenge for Claw. They had to deal with Eric or Killmonger. They really didn't get any revenge for Killmonger because he was, you know, allowed to to die peacefully at the, during the sunset. Um, I have my own issues with the way that Black Panther was written. Um, I have a lengthy set of text messages about how I would have rewritten that movie, but. Um, yeah, it feels like the Wakandas keep getting shortchanged, and I don't know how much longer they're going to feel okay with being shortchanged. I'm very interested in Black Panther 2 and how they deal with, you know, the death of their monarch and then, um, you know, T'Challa vanishing for five years and kind of leave. First of all, he invited these people into their home, destroyed it, and then vanished for five years. So I'm, I'm interested in, to see how they come with the fallout of that but back to winter soldier zemo definitely got off easy and i think carly will also get off easy i think that marvel feels like we have seen too much brutality with that man's ribs getting cracked in front of everybody on tiktok youtube and facebook live <laughs> and so i think carly you know gets off easy i again i don't know how this story will be tied up i'm very 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 excited for friday because they're gonna have to make this make sense in 45 to make, <laughs> make it make sense but uh Speaking of Black Panther 2, I think the the only way, the only way I feel like Marvel can get away with having a Black Panther 2 without a Black Panther is showing us what happened for those five years during the blip in Wakanda. Like, what was going on? Because uh, 
old girl from The Walking Dead was in charge. So have her, you know, deal with whatever's going on. Have her deal with uh, all the other tribes. Like, same what you said. Like, yo, y'all, this was y'all's idea to bring these white people over here to let everybody know what we got going on here. Now look at us. We just had our shit fucked up. T'Challa is gone. Like, half our people are gone. Like, talk, explore that story. Build something through there. And, that, and then you can kind of build up a world where they have to live without uh, T'Challa for these five years. Introduce uh, a villain and that they have to deal with. Show, like, Shuri and whoever building themselves up as characters. So after that, when Black Panther 3 comes around and you recast like you were cast a child, hopefully, then everything will be back to normal. But like I, I I'm I'm really on this recast to child train. Like after thinking about it, like they really need to bring someone else in because I don't think it works without the Black Panther. It's just Yeah. It don't work. If they obviously I don't know. I'm trying to I've tried to avoid uh like Ryan Coogler interviews for two reasons. One, I don't want to have any expectations going in. Two, I personally think it's very weird that people keep asking them to like relive knowing that Chadwick Boseman is dead. Like every interview was like, oh, well, now that you've lost Chadwick Boseman, it's like people, you don't, you don't need to ask people that in public. Like they, they're still trying to process yeah. the, like a coworker, a, a friend. Um, but yeah, I definitely, they need, if they have no plans and I'm sure there are no plans to recast T'Challa for this specific movie. And it definitely needs to be an exploration of those five years of being dusted. Is Mbaku, now that he's on the council, does he take over as king? Uh, because Shuri was on the board in Endgame as a person that was unaccounted for. So either she was dusted. If they're not going to go with that, she was dusted along with T'Challa, then there needs to be some other explanation of where Shuri was. Was Shuri off the grid, creating her own tech? She comes back as, you know, you know, setting her up as a Black Panther. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where where Black Panther two goes. I think there's a lot to explore. Okay, Okoye made um, a comment in Endgame when she was talking to Natasha about there being some activity uh, off the coast, which yeah. I think obviously points to Atlantis. Atlantis. So is that something they deal with in those five years? Um, what's going on with Wakabi? Did that nigga go to jail? Has he been executed? Where's all them rhinos? Like, there's a lot of stuff to explore. Um, I'm interested to see how that story goes. And I absolutely agree. We need a new T'Challa. I think that so many, from a person perspective, so many like young people, children specifically connected with seeing a black superhero, not to discount Rhodey or Sam, but Black Panther is cooler than them, not even gonna flex. So black kids, <laughs> black kids had a chance to see Black Panther in action. And I think it would be... Um, it would suck to kind of rip that away from them so soon. We only got to see Black Panther in two films where he was actually, you know, putting in some work. And then, you know, the other two, he was, well, the other one, he was, you know, ensemble cast. So um, hopefully they do recast T'Challa. Obviously it's going to take some time to find a capable actor. Um, we also, as viewers, will have to uh, reckon with not comparing them to Chadwick Boseman. There will not be another Chadwick Boseman. So just kind of accepting you know, Black Panther 2. Um, so, yeah, I hope, hopefully they do recast T'Challa. I would like to see another T'Challa. Um, even if they have to create a, a, a new world 
of sorts. Maybe they don't put him in, you know, the T'Challa that we all know and love. Maybe they don't put him in those shoes, but maybe we take a look at T'Challa in a different universe or, uh, you know, T'Challa at a different time or something like that. It would make sense. It would make sense. But uh, I guess my uh, prediction, Falcon Winter Soldier, I think, I, you know what, I think um, Carly gets clapped. I think she's out of the paint. And I think they end this with um, with Sam having the shield. I don't, I don't know what they do with Bucky, though. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like the scene where he finally goes and talks to that old man and tells him the truth about what happened to his son, I think however that man responds to that is will determine what Bucky does and where he goes. Like, I feel like that's going to be a pivotal scene for him. And I feel like if it goes negatively, then Bucky just might be out of here. He just might just, just fall off the face of the earth and leave. Yeah. But uh, if the guy is you know, understanding and forgiving or whatever, then maybe Bucky can feel... Like he can be um, part of a team, like part of the Avengers. Like, cause he never, he he was never an Avenger. Like the only time he fought alongside with them was the Battle of Wakanda and in the Endgame. But that wasn't. It's that's different than like fighting to where like the public can see you and be like, oh, there's Bucky. He's a hero now. Like everybody still kind of thinks he's crazy. So. I think we ended this series with Bucky back in therapy, but Bucky being more receptive to therapy. And I think Bucky is, you're right, Bucky's never been an Avenger. And Bucky honestly was never embraced by the Avengers. Like, not even, and not only was he not officially part of the team, they didn't really like him. So, like, they tolerated him because of Steve, but now that Steve is gone, I don't think that Bucky really fits as part of that team. Um, I think that Bucky is tired. Bucky has had quite the life. Um, he was in the military was taken over by Hydra. He's, you know, had this whole brainwashing ordeal. He's killed people he didn't want to kill. I think Bucky is tired. I think Bucky ends the series back in therapy and, like, you know, trying to live life as a 106-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough for him. But, like, Bucky is is that friend that is your friend's friend, and when your friend is not around, you don't want to hang out with him. Like. Right. I'm only friends with you because of my actual friend. But if my actual friend is not here, I don't fuck with you like that. So don't get too comfortable like trying to hang out. Or maybe we end with Bucky and Sarah getting married. Who knows? Because they keep trying to pair Bucky with ethnic women. I'm like, why are you trying to make us believe that this white man don't date white women? Like, it's okay. He does not he's have to fuck Sarah. <laughs> he's from the 40s. Like, he ain't, he, ain't, he ain't get out of that ice talking about, oh, let me find me a colored woman. I mean, yeah, right. right. You probably right. did. You probably was like, "Why are these colored <laughs> women sitting in this this restaurant beside me?" You don't have to convince us that Bucky likes. First of all, you don't have to convince us that Bucky likes black women, and you're not about to try to convince me that Sebastian Stan likes black women. So cut it, okay? <laughs> cut the malarkey. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's go. Um. Let's let's go to music real quick. So, I'll ask you this. Griselda, I don't know if you listen to them. Griselda is kind of doing this thing where they put out there's there's like three three main guys and then they have a couple of like side people that release music, but they do this thing where they drop a project that is really really good, and then they drop another project like two months later, and they just keep doing this like 
and they and they do it to kind of I guess stay relevant and stay hot. As a fan of of music, do you prefer artists to do that? You know, as far as like putting out music constantly, consistently, all the time, every year, every few months, just always having music out. Or are you more of like, I want the artist to put out an album and let that album breathe for like a year, maybe two. So for a more like easier comparison, are you more of a Drake person or a Kendrick person? Yeah, I think I'm more of a Kendrick person. And and maybe that's just because of how I've uh, grown up consuming music. Um, in the way that, like, I had to physically go buy CDs <laughs> um, at a point. Yeah. And so, like, and I, I, considering the person that I am the biggest fan of, Beyonce, who will drop a project every three or four years, which you got something to talk about. Um, I appreciate artists who take their time. I was just thinking about this. I have been on a very, like, week to week, it's been, I'm a, I've been on a Vince Staples kick where I just, like, go back and revisit albums, whether it be, you know, mixtape, Shine, Cold Chain, um, I might even go back to like Hell Can Wait, Summertime 06, so on and so forth. And I appreciate I think it's been like three or four years since he dropped Big Fish. Um, and he just recently said like, you know, he's working on music or whatever. But I appreciate when an artist only comes around when they got something to say. I don't like uh, music that is just music for the sake of making music. Um, I, for It cheapens the that artist's art to me because um, it feels like you're just trying to be hot. You're just trying to get on. Um I also appreciate, which is kind of related, people like Doja Cat who will drop an album and will live in that album for a little bit. Like she's performed Say So 376 times, but she's been able to reinvent Say So 376 times. It sounds different every time. She has like this this punk rock um, version of it from the EMAs. I watch it so often because it's so good. And I love that she is like, she's in her hot pink era. And when she's ready to move on, she will. Um, but I, I really like when artists live in live in an era, live in some music, and and pop up when they have something to say. Do I miss Kendrick Lamar? Absolutely. But Kendrick left us. Do I miss Rihanna? Let's really get into Oof. it. Rihanna, absolutely. It's been five years since Anti. I I remember where I was when I was listening to Anti for the first time. Um, but I, I whenever she has something to say again, then you know I'll enjoy it that much more. And I'll. I'll it's important to for me at least to. Uh, embrace and cherish artists where they are in the music. You can tell where an artist is by an album, where they are mentally, where they are career-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you you get a better sense of like the maturation between albums. An album dropped in 2016 and an album dropped in 2021 probably aren't going to sound the same. And you tell, right. And you can tell where an artist is in their life based on that music. And I think that's, that's dope. That's a dope part about complete works of art yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of on the fence um actually i've been maybe it's i've been listening to a a good bit of Vince staples too and i think summertime 06 is one of the better um albums to to come out um but i'm I'm on the fence on what i want from particular artists so like i like that artists like kendrick and beyonce and i don't know about rihanna i just i feel like rihanna's gone like i appreciate She's I appreciate I, I appreciate that they're willing to wait and go out and live life, have some experiences, and look for inspiration to have something to talk about that's worth listening to, as opposed to just someone that's just like constantly just putting out 
Well, I guess it's different. So this is this is more along the lines of like if you're a great artist. Like great artists, I feel like nowadays don't have to put out so much music. They don't have to keep pumping out so much stuff. Because for the most part, they change the landscape of the sound of music and the conversation surrounding uh, their particular genres. Like when Lemonade dropped, a lot of things changed. Like the conversations changed, how we viewed music changed, right. how we listened to music changed, how we watched music videos changed. And it's kind of the same thing with Anti with how her sound was completely different and the same thing with uh, To Pimp a Butterfly and then Damn, like things are totally different. So I look at what uh, Conway the Machine put out this past week, and I'm like, this album is really good. It's, it might be the, and I've listened to it maybe like three or four times. So I'm like, this might be the best um, rap album of the year so far. But in my mind, I'm like, I know how this crew rolls. Like they don't let albums live. They don't put out, they don't, and it sounds like milking it, but they mm-hmm. don't milk albums. He's not going to put out a single, put out a video, work the video, work the single, work the radio station, and then come back with another single, work that single, work the video, do another. And he's not going to do that. So in about three months, he's going to put out another project, and this one's going to get forgotten about. And this one is really good. He changed up his flow on a couple of songs. He had some, he has some interesting and different features, like the song with him. And JID and Ludacris on it is great. Sounds it's something that I would not have expected from him, but it worked. But I just know that they're not. He's not just going to let this one cook, mm-hmm. and I, and just kind of it it, that, it it bothers me because I just know that this album is not going to get the type of play that it deserves. You know, so there's other artists that are that aren't as good that probably have to put out a lot of music over time because they're not. They're not as talented as Griselda. They're not as talented as Kendrick, obviously, but <sighs> I just wish that he was, I wish they were able to just let an album breathe for a little bit. Cause he's put out like four projects in the last like year and a half and they've all been really good, but it's just like, just let it breathe for a little bit. Like, and I think you sometimes you run into like a Megan Thee Stallion situation to where Megan was yes like, oh my goodness and like even like her music is good but at a certain point I was like okay Megan let's take a break and let's see what else we can get out of you like we know you got the hot girl rap we know the flow is very Texas very chopped and screwed but okay so we got Fever and then we got Sugar and then we got Good News and it's like okay, well, some of these songs you could have kept in the drafts. Like, we could have took a break between Fever and a longer break between Fever and Good News, and I think you would have gotten a different reception. But because we're constantly... And that, I, don't, I don't think it's bad that we're constantly seeing Megan. I love Megan. I love to see Megan. Um, but when you when you get so many projects back-to-back, they start to become monotonous. It didn't sound, there wasn't that much of a different sound. There right. wasn't that much of a different sound from her debut album compared right. to the last four mixtapes she put out the last two years. They all kind of sounded the same. Right. And it's like you're not taking time to to find a new sound. And maybe you don't always have to find a new sound. Some artists are there in their sound and it's good and it works. But yes. you gotta take time to like maybe find a new approach. Is are there new flows? Are there new is there new subject matter? Is it new producers you wanna work with? Like Lil Jew is great, but like is there anybody else you wanna work with? What are what are you looking at feature wise? How can you how can you incorporate you know, Megan at twenty four, twenty five, that's different than Megan at twenty two when we first met Tina Snow. So like I appreciate when artists, you're right, there are some artists that 
need to constantly re re release music. Coyle Ray, until she's good, she's gonna have to continue to release music. <laughs> exactly. And don't get it. And I gotta hear more songs. But like somebody like Megan, I feel like she can finally take time. We know who Megan is. We got the hot girl. We got the sound. Let's take some time. Let's regroup. Let's see what we can get between good news and a new single, a new album in maybe like a year and a half. She's good enough to do that. She's established herself as a marketable, good rapper. She doesn't have to keep putting stuff out. Like, I feel like she could take a year or two off from music and just let let the fans miss you. Like, this is something that older people kind of uh, bring up when it comes to social media and this era we're in now where back in the day, like, you couldn't get on Instagram and see your favorite artists. You mm. couldn't get on Twitter and see what they thought. You couldn't you couldn't tweet like you couldn't tweet Prince or you couldn't tweet Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston and then maybe respond to you. They weren't on, they didn't have YouTube channels. They didn't do that many interviews. Like, and if they did, it was like one interview on one channel. And mm. if you missed it, you missed it. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have um say if like they went on tour like that next that like that very night you're not getting videos from that tour on the internet. You're not seeing it. So you're not seeing these stars like that. And it's like, there's this sort of mystique that artists used to have that they don't have now. And so like, I feel like Kendrick has that when he just, he just disappears from social media, from everything like J. Cole does it a bit, uh, Beyonce does it. She's kind of been a little bit more active on Instagram, but most artists don't do that. Most artists feel like they have to be in your face constantly mm -hmm. doing stuff like an artist like um, Sweet, who's like, when she's not pushing music, she's pushing her music or her YouTube channel. She has mm -hmm. a YouTube channel, like I think every two weeks she puts out a new video. But those are the things, and she's doing more interviews, more podcasts, more whatever, anything to keep you talking about her, anything to keep you talking about uh, her music or anything in general, dropping a playlist album. Like I listened to it. It was fine, but I'm like, what is this? It just says like pretty girl playlist. And it's got a couple new songs from her, but it's like, what, like, what, why are we doing this? And it's just right. to keep relevant. So I don't know. I just I do it. it. It probably ain't even for us. Like, uh, cause again, we are people who can remember like not being able to talk to Whitney Houston all the time. We don't get to see our favorite. We remember those. Like you would, you might get an interview in like the source or like Word Up or you know whatever's out, whatever magazine's out. You might, and it's part of like an album push or a single push. It's not just I was I wasn't busy on a Thursday. I decided to talk to you guys on Instagram Live. Um, yeah. I think they, I think artists now do it for the kids on TikTok and the kids that are like making content to their content, and they see the value in like constantly being on. You know, songs like that track star song, I don't even know the words to it. But had I not without TikTok, I would have never known that song. And I feel like people like the Sweeties and, you know, that make those that continue to make music is to be part of the general conversation. Um, I don't think that. Well, part of me think that's maybe a little insecurity about the art, because mm. I think who know that they're good, know that like whenever I come back, I'm sure Rihanna knows like I can drop a song in the middle of the night and I'm going to be hot again if I want to be. Um, yes, and there are some artists who know that I don't I don't have it like that. So in order to keep my, my keep myself in the public consciousness, I'm going to need to drop a song every week. I don't care if it's good. Keep you the know, momentum. Uh, right. Uh, any, even, even if the song is trash, but people talking about it being trash though, so that when I drop another one, people might say, oh, it ain't as trash as the one last week. 
So it's to keep yourself in that that constant conversation. Um, not everybody has to do that. And I really appreciate the artists that don't have to do it. Um, and I, I wish that the artists that do it now, I wish that they didn't feel like they had to do it. I think music is constantly coming out, but I don't need a new song from you every two weeks. I'm, I'm just, you. it also maybe comes from the fact that people will listen to an album once and be like, oh, it's trash. It's like, yeah. you have enough time with this album. So like you get the, oh, it's trash album. So you're like, oh, I got to prove these niggas wrong. And two months later, you out with another album. So it could be yeah. that. Or even the other way where they think it's really good. Like, oh, you can't do it again type deal. And I don't I don't want to sound like the old guy who just shits on like younger, newer artists, like the SoundCloud rappers and the TikTok rappers. Like there is value in that. There mm-hmm. is value in being able to make a song that rocks on TikTok, that has a catchy dancer that helps, you know, that that people gravitate towards that's super catchy and i i, I listened to a, a hot 97 interview that uh no id did and he was talking about like the music industry and music today and i'm, I'm paraphrasing because i don't remember exactly what he said but he was saying like when it comes to being an artist you can be one that makes stop signs or you can be one that makes mona lisa's mm-hmm. so stop signs are everywhere all over the place you see them everybody knows what it is they're everywhere like anybody can make the music that like migos is making and Lil mm-hmm. uzi is making and young thug is making and Lil wayne right now was making and uh whoever like all the young kids they all make kind of the same thing and it's everywhere but there's still some value to that but then you look at artists like uh drake and kendrick and beyonce and rihanna what they make Picasso's like they're high higher level and there's not that many of them and it's higher up on a pedestal but it's still it's still art you know what I'm saying like there's more value to it but we're not going to act like stop signs aren't valuable because could you imagine driving around Atlanta with no stop signs like right. <laughs> you need that stop sign so I, I don't with stop signs and it's still <laughs> And so, so like this, this music that like the kids make and gravitate towards, like the rich, the kids or whoever, like that stuff, still matters and it's still needed out there. But we're not gonna act like it's the same as what other artists do. So, yeah, um, those bangers that hit in the club, you know, because Kendrick not finna make no club hit, and that's fine. He know his lane. Future gonna make a club hit though, and he gonna drop Hendrix. He gonna drop Hendrix two and Hendrix three in like eight months. And they probably all <laughs> <on> fire. <laughs> no one's no one's trying to listen to J. Cole in the strip club. I can tell you that right now. They, they'll cut that shit off immediately. I'm sorry. Like ATM yeah. not hit <laughs> Definitely not. Someone gonna turn on wet dreams in the strip club. You're gonna get up and go to go to the bathroom like no, this ain't it, dog. And I love Cole. I love Cole. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's certain music that you like I like you said, I remember where I was in 2013 when Beyonce dropped her self-titled album. I remember that moment of being like, oh my goodness, she's got 13 or 14 videos. There's a video to every one of these songs. I don't really remember where I was when like, you know, whoever person, I don't remember where I was when Fever dropped. And that's no slight to Megan Thee Stallion because that's still music, but they all serve their different purposes. Megan needs to just go away. Yeah, that's another another Instagram thing where it's like, I, I I see Megan on my timeline just as much as I see my friends, and it it, it makes you feel like you're friends with the artist. But it's like, how yeah. do artists are artists supposed to feel like our friends, or are they supposed to feel like artists? Well, I mean that Nick, Nicki Minaj is doing that. Nicki Minaj has been quiet 
like on yeah. Instagram and Twitter. I think she had like a feature on some some album. I think last year that didn't really. I think it was Rich the Kid. I think, but like Nicki Minaj, she like I give her credit when when she's in album mode or right now she's in, in family mode. But when she's in album mode, she goes away. She gets off the she gets off the internet, just focuses on music, and she's not posting on time. Like when she's when she's active. She is active on social media, like it's borderline annoying, but you, you can see like there's a difference. You get a break from Nicki Minaj and we haven't had a break from Megan Thee Stallion because it just seems like she she got momentum going and she was like, I cannot lose this. I have to keep going. And at some point she's going to realize that's un, that's not sustainable. It's turn into burnout. It's going to turn into re to the Rihanna situation. And maybe Rihanna's was a bit different to where she had a contract that she like was trying to get out of. So she had to produce music in short order to kind of get into that that mode. But I do think that that constant, that always on attitude is going to turn into burnout. And burnout may hurt the product in the end. Yeah, and burn out with the fans. You definitely don't want to get burned out with the fans. Like, if the, once the fans get tired of you, once the fans aren't like going crazy over your ass pics on Instagram, like that's kind of when it's 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 a it's a problem. But yeah. um, yeah, I was kind of conflicted with uh, what I want out of an artist. Like, yeah, I like that Drake puts out music consistently, but you know, I, I wish I wish Kendrick and Beyonce and them would be more active yes at least when it can like even like like kendrick's not even doing features like you can't give nobody a verse right now kendrick is like, literally like, i haven't heard anything from kendrick since he dropped down like i know i i'm pretty sure he got married and had a kid and i'm not telling that man to like you know put the kid in the bouncer and go write a verse or two but like are you okay sir like how you doing <laughs> yeah i mean but the, but we talked about this earlier when it comes to like work-life balance we were talking about um, Trevor Lawrence saying that, you know, he's not 100% like obsessed with football to where that's his end all be, on, be all. Like that's the meaning of life for him. He has some sort of balance where he like, he has other things he's interested in. He has his family. He has all this stuff or whatever, whatever. And I feel like Kendrick might be kind of the opposite way where he's just, and it sounds bad, but like he's super into his family and like his work size is kind of losing out on that. So it's like, kind of like work a little bit like not I'm not saying you take time away from your family but as somebody that is married and has kids you got to have some stuff that you want to do like you got to you do need breaks from your kids from your family to be able to do the things that you want to do and to kind of like balance yourself out to when you come back to them you're more refreshed and recharged and, and all that stuff so I, I I would I would love some new music from uh Kendrick very soon but I do wonder what that new music would sound like, though, for real. Like, if he just... Okay, yeah. It's I, I, middle of October, he's like, Kendrick's back, and drops the link to a song. Like, I'm wondering what this music would sound like. I saw I saw a, a tweet that had, like, no type of sources or no type of validity or, validity or any credibility to it. But it was like, oh, I talked to someone that knew somebody that might have been near a studio session that was next to a studio session that heard something from Kendrick studio that maybe he might be thinking about doing a rock type album or, or incorporating rock music into his sounds. And that tweet kind of blew up and it became a thing where now Kendrick's next, next album is going to be more rock infused. And this was like in 2019, the end of 2019, this came out. 
So when that tweet hit, the, it hit like got to Twitter, everybody was like upset. Like, why would Kendrick do that? That's gonna sound trash. This is whack. I don't like this. And my thing was just like, we haven't even heard anything. Like, you don't know if that was sound trash. That might be. It might be good. We don't know. But it's just the idea of just the thought of Kendrick Lamar dabbling in something different mm-hmm. is automatically viewed as trash. Like that happened with Tempempa Butterfly. That happened with Kanye West, with the 808s and Yeezus. I don't know if people said it about Beyonce with Lemonade, with the the Jack White track. I don't know how that was received. I don't know how Daddy Lessons was received. But those were different. Like, they explored different genres. Even um, with Tyler, the creator, with Flower Boy and Igor, those were two totally different sounds than what he'd been doing previously. I... Childish Gambino, the same thing with Awaken My Love. Like, I appreciate artists that are willing to take a risk and try something different as opposed to being and I, it sounds like a shot at Drake but like what Drake and J. Cole are doing they're not taking chances yeah. J. Cole has never taken a risk in his life artistically he hasn't he's pretty. he's been a pretty safe artist Nicki Minaj, not Nicki Minaj uh, Big Sean he's been pretty safe his entire career Drake mm-hmm. has been pretty safe his entire career I feel like if you want to take that next step to being an all timer you have to take some kind of risk, like something. Yeah, I agree. And I I, I would say, I think on the fan end, you mentioned it a little bit, but I, I wish that as hip hop fans, uh, whatever hip hop is. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a white guy? Right. <laughs> I'm tired of these right staff writers at Complex. Like, I'm really tired of y'all. What are y'all talking about? But anyway, um, I wish that we would be more receptive to those risks and um, allow artists to take those moments. Um, Kendrick, he experimented with jazz, and we got to Pimple Butterfly, and to Pimple Butterfly won an award. Like, give artists the room to have these moments. Like, uh, I'm going to take it back to Big Fish Theory. Big Fish Theory is not traditionally hip-hop. it's a lot of house. It's a lot of EDM sounds. But that album, to me, is one of his better albums. I love the experimentation with the sounds. Uh, songs like Love Can Be, um, Party People, all really good sounds. And then if you take a moment and you think about it, you'll learn that like these quote-unquote different sounds are all just rooted in Black music. Like Rock is Black music. Jazz is Black music. House Black artists are deeply involved in house music, but you'll you'll never know that if you all you want to hear is, you know, the 808s and the bass that, you know, that it, it has its place, but experimentation on an artist side leads to experimentation on a fan side. There's no way that I probably would have listened to a clipping album, which is noise music, noise rap, um, if I hadn't listened to an album like To Pimp a Butterfly. Or, you know, the way that Beyonce maybe she'll have a country single and a a rock single and a traditional, you know, hip hop sound. She'll have, you know, her beats, you know, and her bass in a song or two. Like you you can't you don't really broaden that horizon on the fan side until an artist broadens your horizon. And and that's how that's how you push the genre. Also, that's how you push music in general to the next level by trying something different. Like, at some point, people are going to get tired. Like, even, like, we've been talking about Megan Thee Stallion a lot. She hasn't taken any. She's put out a lot of projects, and I don't feel like she's taken any real risk artistically. Like, Cardi B hasn't taken any real risk, although she hasn't been in the music industry that long. She only has one album. But, you know, at some point, you got you to gotta try. Like, I, and I, I, w- I think Drake 
would be better off if he tried to do the things that he really wants to do. Like he wants to be an R&B nigga. Like he wants to do that stuff. He wants to do more of the harmonizing stuff. I, I just think that if he pushed himself a little bit more artistically as opposed to just trying to be, he, Drake wants to be the hit king. He wants yeah. to have all, he wants to have the record number of hits. He wants to sell all the records. He wants to have all the plaques, which, and cool, no problems. You want to do that? That's fine. But when your fans come up on Twitter talking about you're the GOAT, I'm going to push back on that because you haven't really taken any chances. You haven't tried anything different. You haven't really been vulnerable as an artist. I feel like he's he lacks you know, a little bit of depth. Drake, Drake is going to rap about a conversation with his mama about how these niggas is really underestimating him. You're going to get one of those on every album. So you're going to get the mama conversation. You're going to get a conversation about a girl that he may be seen in like a Hooters or a Twin Peaks and really thought was beautiful and found out she had a, a man. You're going to get that. You're going to get a song about how he's not really a nice guy and how he's got all these mob ties. And you're going to like, it's going to go, but you're going to in the back of your mind be like, all right, Aubrey, you, you don't have shooters on deck. And you're going to get a reference to 40. And then you're going to get uh, a phone call on the album at some point. And then you get like a new nigga feature where that's where like a little baby come in or like you might get a Pooshice feature, like some somewhere, you know what you're going to get from Drake. And at a certain point, it's like, yeah, you got your comfort zone with with an artist. But I like you said, I would love to see Drake just like do something else. And maybe maybe we'll find out that Drake is a bit one dimensional, but you won't know that unless you take the risk. Well, and there's nothing wrong with being comfortable. I think most people spend their lives trying to get to a comfortable place and staying there. Like people want to be comfortable because when you step out of your comfort zone, you're uncomfortable. No one likes to be uncomfortable. No one likes to put something out that might not be received. Like I remember when Jesus came out, everybody hated it. Like literally thought it was the worst album ever came out. But as time went on, like people started to get, get gain a new appreciation for it. Like, it's and that kind of you, you respect it. Yeah, that instant listed culture. I can see how it would affect an artist. Um, you 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 finally take your risk, and then a nigga listen to the album in two hours and be like, "Nah, it's trash." And then that that opinion gets rolled with on Twitter, and now it's it's fifty million people that call your album trash. Fifty million call your album trash. Thirty million didn't even listen to it. Twenty million don't even really think that it's trash because that one nigga said that it was trash. It's trash now, yeah. and I can see how an artist would be like, "Well, I'm not finna let you niggas call me trash. I'm gonna keep making it." I don't know how I don't know how people can w stay up unless you live on the West Coast, but like staying up till midnight to listen to an album, I can't do it. I'm not doing it, and it's just like we like I try to like people will say that it doesn't affect them. Like Twitter doesn't affect them, but when you're listening to something for the first time. But you've already, you know, read all the tweets from last night, you know, clowning the album, joking about the album, saying this, this, and that. It's going to affect you as far as how you view it. So when, like, when certain projects come out, I try to avoid Twitter because I don't want to be influenced. And, like, I hate to say that I am, but I I, I feel like everybody is. So, it's like... Same, it's, it's, it's the same concept as a spoiler. If you get a spoiler yeah. on the show, you hear, oh, Mephisto is going to be in an episode of WandaVision. And then you get all the way to WandaVision and Mephisto ain't in it. You're like, man, this is trash. But it's like, <laughs> no. Like, you got a good show. You just thought Mephisto was going to be there and he wasn't. Your expectations have now changed. They've been right. risen. And now you they haven't reached the expectations that no one even put out there. Like, you just found it somewhere else. Like, they didn't say that. Nobody. Like, 
Joe was gonna be in the show. You just thought he was because the nigga on Twitter said it. Who didn't even watch it? <laughs> yeah. So I know. So I know Drake. Drake was supposed to drop in February, and he pushes out and back. I think he pushes back to June, which is crazy. Yeah, wasn't it because he tore his ACL or something? Yeah, but I mean, we're in a pandemic. Ain't no one on tour. Like, and what does your ACL have to do with you pressing send on iTunes? Like, just let that thing go. Like, Drake is one of those artists. He could put out an album in January and let it rock the entire year. He's whatever. Anyway, so Drake is supposed to drop this year, like officially. And he's one of those artists. Like, when he's when his album finally drops, I'm probably not going to be on Twitter because at 1201, People it's are going trash. to be calling it a classic, or they're going to be saying it's trash. Right. And there's just certain there's just certain people that are just going to re- just going to retweet everything positive about it, or retweet everything negative about it. And I just don't want to have that influence the way I think about the music. I just want to listen to the music and see how it affects me, see how I feel about it. And it's it. I felt I think it's always interesting to listen to something, have an opinion on it. And then go to Twitter, and then it's like everybody has the exact opposite feeling. I'm like, oh shit! Like, and then it gets you kind of it. It kind of helps your critical thinking, I guess. Because I remember I listened to KOD, and I was just like, I don't know if I like. Like, I liked it, but I didn't know if it was great. I was like, this is okay. Like, I don't really like the production on it, and it's kind of redundant in some places. And I go on Twitter, and people are calling it a classic. I'm like, wait a second, did I miss something? So now I need to go. So now I go back and listen to it, and, I, and now it's like, I feel like I have my own opinion that I can stand on. I'm not standing on the opinions of someone I saw on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going into an album with Twitter's expectations. I have my own, and I can come to Twitter and just be like, "Yeah, man, it just didn't go for me like that. It didn't hit the same for me like that." And I can kind of, uh, I guess, bring that to the conversation. I guess I'll say this, and probably you know. I would challenge people on Twitter to do a couple things. A, listen to it more than once. And I would, don't listen, maybe listen to it once. Have Like you said, have an opinion about it. Maybe even share that opinion. But after that, you need to listen to it like two to three more times. Maybe listen to it, put it down, come back to it. Um, so I would challenge people to listen to it multiple times. I would challenge people on Twitter to stand in their opinions. If you don't like something, then you just don't like it. Um, and it's okay to have a healthy dialogue about like, oh, well, you know, I ain't really like track one because of this, this, and that. Somebody come back like, well, here's why I did like track one. But stand in your opinions. If you don't like it, you don't like it. There's no need to explain it in a 16-tweet thread. You just didn't like it. It's fine. Um, and then I will also challenge niggas on Twitter to stop calling stuff trash and just say like, oh, it didn't really hit like that for me. Like. Yeah. Because the more you call it trash, then like you said, it starts to cloud other people's opinions. And now we've got all these tweets that saying it's trash. And it's like, but do you really feel like that? Or do you just think it's trash because Max from, you know, Uproxx said it sucks. And Max, Max from Utah. Who cares? Like, But that, that happened with me. That happened with me with the slime language too. Like all day on Twitter, I'm seeing all these tweets about how, like, how great it is. And it's a great album. Blah, blah, blah. It's really good. I was like, all right, man, I'll, I'll get to it. I listened to it, like, I think on Saturday. And I was just like, man, I don't think I like this. And I gave it, like, two more listens. And I'm just like, maybe it's just me, but I'm like, I, I'm giving up on Young Thug. I'm sorry. Like, him as a solo artist, or who, and maybe it's not even just him. Maybe it's the other niggas that's on the track with him. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, 
I don't like this album. I'm sorry. I'm not going to call it the trash. It ain't for me. And people kind of got down my neck about it. But like, I, I'm not going to let Twitter bully me into liking something I don't like. <laughs> like, I didn't like the album. I don't know what to tell you. Niggas don't be wanting to have their own opinions. And that's crazy to me. Like, you just have it. It's fine. It, p- people don't want to have their own opinions. And other people don't want to let people have their own opinions. Well, like, some, pe- some people don't want to have their minds changed either. When it comes, like, so, so me, like, Three, maybe two or three years ago, I said, Sweetie is one of the worst rappers I've ever heard in my life. Like, ever. I said she was the, like, just absolutely garbage, the worst. I know. But over the years, listen to a few, like, I keep, like, people kind of throw it in my face that I listen to her music, but I listen to a lot of people's music. Like, every Friday, if you drop new music, I'm probably going to listen to it. So I try to, you know, whatever. And I continue to listen to the stuff that she put out. And I can say, like, hey, she's no longer the worst rapper ever. She's gotten better. So I I don't I, I most people will just stay in that lane where if you call an artist trash, they are trash forever. Mm-hmm. And especially a new artist. Like it was almost unfair for me to even put that on her because she's a new artist, but I did, but I listened to her music and it changed my mind. I was like, hey, you know what? She's gotten better. I can't, I'm not gonna continue to just stick with that same take I had when I first listened to her, she's gotten better. I'm not gonna, like, I can't deny that. Listen to the music, she's gotten better. She's a better rapper now. I'm not saying she's a top time, top 10 rapper ever. She's not the greatest lyricist ever, but the songs that she makes for the people that she's making it for is really good. I'm not gonna sit here and lie about it. Like I, for instance, um, No Ordinary Love Still Puts Me to Sleep. But oh, Prime, I like that. Sweetest Taboo, I like that. No Ordinary Love still is a very sleepy song. But you can't <sighs> Sweetest Taboo, and I'm in there with Sade. So that's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this was just a very long way, uh, long trip on us getting to uh, what our songs of the week were. I did. I think that was a good conversation, though. I, I, I enjoyed that. But um, I'm going to stick with the... Uh, Conway the Machine, and uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the song Scatterbrain. It's featuring um, JID and Ludacris, mm. and it it hurt it hurts my soul to say this, but um, this is not one of Ludacris's best features, and I, I feel like Ludacris is top five all time as a guest feature artist on a, on a song. <laughs> Yeah, all right. My friend is drunk and to call me about it. So got a I mean, she's got to. She, she's got to tell somebody. We're back. <laughs> oh, she's oh, she, oh, she drunk, drunk. <laughs> put on do not disturb. <laughs> put tell tell her come on the podcast. It's already on do not disturb. She keep calling. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I was gonna say put it on speakerphone. No, no, but, uh, no, she's gonna keep calling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put myself on mute. Go. Okay, so it, it it does it does hurt me to say that uh, you know, Ludacris did not put his best foot forward on this song, and I don't think like the verse was bad. I just think that it just didn't fit on the song. Uh, Conway and JID were doing this kind of back and forth um call and respond type thing with their with their verses and for me knowing you know 
Conway Conway is more of a an East Coast old school artist, and JID is a younger Southern type of artist. So I wouldn't have thought that those two would have meshed that well on a song together. But uh, especially the way JID J. is more of a like a speed or a faster rapper. He's you know he falls under the uh, Kendrick Lamar tree of like artists that have been influenced by him. So for me to hear them on a song and sound that good together was very surprising. And Ludacris, he just kind of just threw a verse in at the end, and it just didn't it just didn't land the way a Ludacris feature used to land. So I would still listen to it. Uh, I think right now, and maybe it just hasn't been a great year for rap in twenty twenty one. But I think as of right now, I think uh, Conway the Machine might have the best. Um, rap album out right now and it just came out this week so that's what i got i've got um i need to add them to my list because i need to add 40 to my list but for um if i'm gonna jesus christ if, <laughs> if i'm gonna choose a song of the week uh, we're just gonna ignore that if i'm gonna choose a song of the week um there's a song called lemonade by i don't know if he's the p or d it's d a Dash P and Mick, Jenk- Mick Jenkins. It's really good. Um, J.I.D., if we're going to talk about that. I haven't listened to it this week, but one of my favorite J.I.D. songs is on the uh, Dreamville like, compilation album. It's called Big Black Truck. Um, and then my other song of the week that is it's super old. This came out a couple years ago. But remember that But You Can't Call My Phone album by Erica Badu? Yes. Yeah, there, really good. hello on there with the with the with the three style with the three stacks feature. I have literally been listening to that over and over and over again all week. Like I'll just break out into songs. So Lemonade by the P and Mick Jenkins, Big Black Truck by JID, and Hello by Erica Badu featuring Andre 3000. Yeah. Um this is also the it's also like the 12 year anniversary for Be Me Up Scotty by Nicki Minaj and uh her mixtape that came out. So Man, a time. I I, rem- I remember my homegirl put me on. I was in I was in Korea. I was stationed in Korea and she was like, Yo, you need to listen to this. Listen to this uh this new rapper or whatever. And I was like, I didn't have nothing else to do. So and this was, you know, I had to go back to my dorm room and download it and put it on my iPod. I don't know if a lot of people know what those are, but anyway. That uh, <laughs> changed my life. Yeah, I went. I went and I listened to it, and I was just like, "Oh shit! Like this is this is really good." Like she's a, and this was at a, this was at a time I was younger, uh, a little bit more, I guess, uh, misogynistic. Uh, there weren't. I don't think who was really out there as far as female rappers. Like, like Lil Kim wasn't really popping like that. Like Trina was kind of here and there, but like there there wasn't a lot of female rappers really doing it. And for Nicki Minaj to kind of step in with that type of project and kind of blow up immediately, I was like, man, she's she's gonna go places, and she definitely did. So it was a uh, still can't spell Prague. It happens, you know. But I mean, I've been a, I've been a fan of Nicki Minaj just for sure. Like I have my my gripes and my critiques about her as an artist and as an individual, but uh, I've definitely been a I don't want to say I've been like a day one fan, but I've been a fan since the mixtape mixtape days so um shout out to her hopefully you know she drops some music here this year also and i've been i need i need a, i need a kendrick and nikki feature like i need them to do something together just 
I just want to hear how that sounds. That's just me. I just want to hear it. it. Sounds like uh, like a probably like an extraterrestrial conversation. Yeah, it's like you know, like I don't need another Eminem feature from you, Nikki. Like just get Kendrick on there. Just another Eminem feature at any point, guys. <laughs> we can let it go. <laughs> yeah, the the Eminem thing is is not great right now. It's not it's not so hot. So um, we appreciate you for hopping on. Um, Appreciate everybody that was in the chat, KJ and GIF, and um, I think there was someone else in there, King's Realm. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shout you out because you slandered Fast and the Furious. But uh, we appreciate the people that are watching live. <laughs> we appreciate everybody that listens on uh, SoundCloud and Apple Music. So just uh, uh, listen, rate, review, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and all the only stuff, and the only fans that's on the way. KTSC OnlyFans. It's the only podcast with the OnlyFans. Everybody gets their moment. You heard it here first. Everybody's going to get a moment. So uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Um, I'm not sure how to end this. So I guess we'll just leave at any point unless you want to keep um, talking. But uh, Ari Lennox at the only concert I've seen her do, she simply said at the end of her show, okay, guys, see you later. Okay. <laughs> Call your friend back. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, do that. Do that. Let me give her a call. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.